This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Tuesday, January 26th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, dozens of firefighters rushed to the scene in Chester County after a blaze tore through a brewery and an apartment complex above on Monday night. It happened at a building that houses Victory Brewing and multiple apartments located in the 600 block of West Cypress Street in Kennett Square. The call came in at about 6.30 in the evening for a fire and reports of a loud bang. A witness said all of a sudden the building split open and a fireball shot out. Jeez. According to a spokesperson with Victory Brewing, there was an explosion near the tap room. Tonight, around 6.30, there was an explosion and a fire in the 600 block of West Cypress Street in the building where the Victory Brewing Company Kennett Square Tap Room is located. Our tap room was closed for business today, so no customers or team members were in the building at the time of the incident, said Chief Marketing Officer Derek uh, Dettenberg. No uh, injuries were reported. Pico crews were on the scene and said roughly 55 customers were without power due to the incident. Investigators are working to determine the cause of the fire. That could have been a whole other outcome had it been open. Had it been, yeah. been opened. I know. And and that's, uh, so there's a brewery there and then the Caramore Estates, their yeah. tasting room in Bluebell burnt down a few months ago. The hell? I know, right? Yeah. PennDOT crews in southeastern Pennsylvania are preparing for a nuisance winter storm that will bring a wintry mix to parts of the region. The roads have been treated. Uh, on the way in, I saw the, the brine along the roadway. Yes. See they, they'd been treated. Uh, snow isn't expected to accumulate, but some icy conditions are likely. If you do have to go to work or be on the roads, AAA recommends taking it slow, keeping your distance from other cars on the roadways, uh, and the crews salting the streets. It's especially important to watch for black ice, which is why AAA is urging customers to fill up their gas tanks. Uh, in case there's accidents and basically you get stuck waiting. Ron Young, a spokesman for PennDOT, said for the six-county area, they have prepared, uh, or they are prepared with 280 trucks already dumping brine and salt on the roadways. The process started up again uh, around midnight last night. He specifically named uh, I-78, routes 22 and 309 as roadways that they'll be monitoring today. Do you have a kit in your car in case you break down? Mm, you mean like with wine? Yes, and yes and exactly. Like Raw chicken, stuff like that. <laughs> Whippets. Um, no, I don't. I have a first aid kit. I've got uh, the little face mask that goes over to somebody's mouth if they need CPR. Okay, uh, yeah. but I don't think I have anything if I break down. I keep a uh, I keep a, a shovel, like a small shovel, break uh, in case you you know have an issue with snow or something like that. But I mean, as far as breaking down like uh, like jumper cables and things like well, that. Well, I, I have mean. that. I I have a tactical shovel, Preston. It has all sorts of attachments. Uh, I actually put it in the car for the first time in a long time. I figured <laughs> since it's supposed to be for the car, I have that. I have a blanket. I have just some stuff blanket. to stay comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I should probably have a couple of, like, protein bars or something in there, just right. food-wise. Well, this is, is not going to be one of those. Not for this. coming through. But, yeah, no, in the season, there's... I always throw stuff in there And like also, that. if you have an impromptu picnic. You know, we yeah. like, we like to dig holes. Delightful. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you don't often think you're gonna, you know, get stuck for days and need a blanket no. and stuff like that. But like, I have been stuck where I'm starving. I'm like, there's yeah. no. How is there no snacks in here? Not even an errant French fry between the seat and the console. Seriously. <laughs> A 
nearly century-old boardwalk amusement pier along the beach in Ocean City, New Jersey, was ordered put up for auction on January 21st because the owner, who is also the resort mayor, uh, resort city's mayor, defaulted on an $8 million in loans. Uh, but Mayor Jay Gillian, who along with his wife owns Gillian's Wonderland Pier, said in a statement to NBC10 News that uh, he has secured new financing and that the property will not go up for auction by the Cape May County Sheriff. He said the COVID-19 pandemic that lasted all of 2020 vacation season at the Jersey Shore hit the pier hard. Uh, yet much of the debt, according to court records, was secured prior to the pandemic. Is this just the pier or the amusements it's on the, it yeah. or the whole thing? It's the whole thing. He, okay, owns, so, he owns the whole thing. Okay. Right. Yeah. Court records. Because if the, if the pier is closed down, how are you going to get to the attractions? No, no, no. I'm yeah. just saying if, uh, you know, if, you, if you're, it's like purchasing the land right. and the, there's a business that's owned by someone right. else on the land. I, I didn't know if it was, you know, you would be running the amusement yeah, park he, and everything or. No, he, so he, they own the amusement park. They own the pier. He's the mayor. He owns uh, okay. pretty much all of Ocean City. That's how it is down the shore. It's same thing like in Sea Isle. Seattle's mayor owns everything in Seattle. Oh, okay. Uh, court records in State Superior Court Office of Foreclosure show that uh, the Gillians owe First Priority Bank about $8 million in mortgage debt. Judge Michael J. Blee ordered Jan- on January 21st that the property be put up for auction in order to satisfy the debt. An attorney for the bank had no comment. Gillian did not provide details about the new financing, uh, but he says that uh, this isn't going to happen. He's got new financing and that they are not going to put it up for auction. Do you guys ever frequent that? Oh, my I mean, God. That was my yeah. that was my oh, yeah. jam. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I shared a story with you guys on air about uh, there was a guy in a wheelchair whose nutsack was hanging yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, you that, said they tasted weird. No, they did oh. taste weird. A little salty, <laughs> no, saltier, no. I should say. Um, but he was, I remember that story. But yeah. I had to tell his caretaker. I right. Like, Excuse me, ma'am. Your father's <laughs> Not <sorry>. testicles are <laughs> exposed right now. That's my mother. <laughs> what? Wait, Case, this one is the one that's uh, in the lower numbers, right? Like, Yeah, like, it's all the way like north, First actually. or second yeah. street, right? Um, gosh, it's I not as even... good as the one that's at, like, 10th and 11th. It's bigger than but the... But I don't think it's as good, like the it's... rides and stuff. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, I don't. It's bigger. <laughs> it's bigger you and can it's see more older. Nut sacks. Yeah. yeah. Then Ca- Castaway Cove is the yes, other that's one. The one. I like that one better. Uh, <laughs> you can see more nut sacks on this one. <laughs> you see more nut sacks on this one, right? <laughs> on the billboard. Way more Castaway room. Cove yeah. is really like per they, capita nut sacks. They have all the rides that are really jammed in there, and, and Gillian's is. <laughs> I've been I've in there. Yeah. First thing they have Castaway Cove before. They have the postcards instead of like the big husk of corn that you see. It's like huge testicles they grow them big here on yeah. the pier yeah but i um i associate more so the gillian's wonderland pier with ocean city than i do castaway uh i just i can't believe that they owe that much money well there was no this summer i know but he's been there for for decades how you 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 miss you miss a season you miss a season that is your money making thing I know it's well, gonna it's, I, but that's don't... what that's what he's saying he's yeah. saying that that's but they're saying that this debt was prior to COVID nineteen okay yeah all right. so it might just be an excuse I don't uh, I don't understand finances at all I don't understand how that then place, why are you doing my tax returns I, I shouldn't be Steve <laughs> I warned you yeah I don't know how a business like that is not constant like that they're just not printing money that right. they're not at a point in their Existence where they don't owe anything at all, and it's not just well, pure it's been around for so yeah. long. Well, maybe right? he spends a lot of money all the time. I could be a part of it right. too. Yeah. The amusement pier has been in operation and run by the Gillian family since 1929. Wow! Yeah. In sports this morning. <laughs> Ball sacks are yummy. 
The Sixers lost to the Pistons last night in Detroit. DeLon Wright scored a career-high 28 points, leading the Pistons to a 119-104 win over the Eastern Conference-leading Sixers. Jeremy Grant added 25 points for the Pistons, who still have the NBA's worst record, but took advantage of Joel Embiid's absence, who was out with back tightness. The Sixers are back home tomorrow night as they'll host LeBron James and the NBA champs, the LA Lakers. The Flyers will look to end their two-game losing streak when they return to the ice tonight with a game against the Devils in New Jersey. The puck is set to drop at 7 o'clock. And the Eagles reached a deal to make former Chargers offensive coordinator Shane Steichen their new offensive coordinator, the 35-year-old, who was uh, one of just two known candidates for the job, along with Denver coach Curtis Modkins. Just like defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, Steichen has close ties to new Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. The two worked together with the Chargers from 2014 to 2017. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you, Kathy. And away we go on a Tuesday morning with more money for you to win today. No sad, though. We're going to do it, you know, twice. It's what we do in the morning, and then it happens seven times throughout the course of the day. First time is at 8 a.m. So don't miss it. Then we'll do it at 10 and then it's on the evens up until 8 p.m. Uh, we also have a guest on the program. Dr. Kenneth Lacavara will be joining us. He is our dinosaur go-to expert guy. And we haven't talked to him in a little while. He's a professor at Rowan University. He's made some huge discoveries on Amazing stuff. Nick was saying yeah. last night that he actually is a huge fan of the station, huge fan of the show, and that he wants to be the official paleontologist the president's T show. So we have so many of them, it's hard to pick an official one. But he signed his email, the last email correspondence I had with him, the official paleontologist of WMMR. So, <laughs> you know, it. I love it. I think he deserves it. Uh, and actually, the reason we're getting him on is I, I have recently seen a few dinosaur stories, discoveries, and things that have popped up. And I'm like, all right, let's let's get the man who knows what he's talking about on. It's let's, interesting maybe stuff. Maybe it's just our thing, but I love it. Yeah. I, I, you know, space and dinosaurs. If we could find space dinosaurs. Oh, my way. God. But, I mean, you know, you get what you get. But, I mean, after, like I saw another story yesterday, there's been a discovery about uh, Tyrannosaurus. Yep. And uh, they found some fossils that indicate what they were like as babies. Yes. And they, they were fussy. had that information as uh, before. So, why not? We'll, we'll get the, we'll get the latest on that from him uh and it's always a fascinating conversation we'll uh, chat with him around nine o'clock or so uh these things and more are happening during the course of the program we're going to take a break we'll come back in a second we'll have a stupid question we'll give some stuff away and we'll face that rat race together as you head into work this morning stay with us coming back in a moment Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR Facebook Twitter you know the usual places Shop, play, win, Monopoly starts March 3rd at Acme. Get ahead of the game and download the app before March 3rd and earn five bonus tickets, 10 tokens added to your Shop, Play, Win account, and entry to win a $25 grocery gift card. Every ticket wins a prize, money-saving offers, or tokens for sweepstakes. Download the Shop, Play, Win app to play today. No purchase necessary. See rules at ShopPlayWin.com. Hasbro is not a sponsor of this promotion. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, so stupid question prize today. Digital download of the powerful martial arts film Born a Champion with Sean Patrick Flannery, Katrina Bowden, and Dennis Quaid. So the question I have for you this morning, by the way, I got from uh, our friend Harry Wood, who texts in every or emails in every now and then. Uh, some trivia questions, and uh, he's been on a Lord of the Rings kick. Yeah, as of late, and he, le- he gave me like a dozen great questions. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to pull one Let's out. Let's do those questions, Preston. I'm going to do Engage one. Engage the minds of your listeners with clever queries. I'll do one uh, from the Shire, since we're playing the Shire music. How old was Bill, though, when he left the Shire in the first movie? 215-263-WMMR. They're having a big birthday party for yep. him and everything. Yep. How old was Bilbo when he left the Shire in the first movie? Two one five two six three WMMR. What what beautiful music to rise to! Wonderful. Uh, we'll see if you know the answer. I'm going to go through some birthdays. Speaking of Bilbo's birthday, uh, it's other people's birthday today on January 26. We'll start with Ellen DeGeneres celebrating a birthday, and I actually have some news concerning her coming up in her show. I still in just love a her. Bit. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, no. she had, she had yeah. a tough year. Oh. No, no, no. Yeah, I still love her. Everything she's gone through, I've, I've had her back. I've supported her. You got Ellen's back? I'm <laughs> sure she'd Ellen's be happy back. knowing that. I think she would Especially be Especially now happy. that you're all pierced up. Uh, <laughs> no, shut up. No, I'm not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, I do love her. And nothing in 2020 sort of uh, sullied your view of Ellen? Not really. Like, I, I mm. you know, I kind of felt bad for her. Yeah, I. Um, so I watched a Tiger Woods documentary on uh, HBO Max, and... There's a part of the documentary where this dude from the National Enquirer is on there, and that guy has got such a punchable face. But his his stance and working for that magazine is people like him, and those publications can't wait for people like Ellen DeGeneres to have a moment, to have a blemish, yeah. so that they can just open it up. And yeah. it is the long term cycle of Hollywood. They build you up, they tear you down, then you appear on People, the cover of People. I made mistakes, yeah, and uh, and then then you then the reclamation, then you're wonderful again. You go through that two or three times, and then you're untouchable. But what what is amazing is when you look at someone who knows how to negotiate that, a la Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. who's been, for all intents and purposes, impervious mm-hmm. to stuff. Also, it doesn't hurt to live your life in a good fashion. Right. But, uh, and not that Ellen hasn't, but right. sometimes they, they just, that's, how they, that's how they live. They exist to see the tearing down process reach fruition. And whatever happened, she addressed it quickly. She, she killed nine kids. No, stop. She fixed it. Like, even back a long time ago when there was, I forget, was something with, with giving away an animal or adopting an animal, remember? And she cried on yeah. the show. Yeah, like yeah. She addressed it right away. She uh, didn't let that's it. That's one thing. She was not a fester. Yeah. yeah. But there is, she, the show has taken a little bit of a ratings hit. Because of it. Uh, also, she has more, Kelly Clarkson is, a, you know, though they're, I think they're, one leads into the other. Um, I've got news coming up concerning that. All right. We'll come to that in a moment. Ellen DeGeneres is 63 today. Now, this actor, I always forget his name, but man, has he been in a ton of stuff. Uh, David Stathern. Yes. Um, Stathern. Stathern. I'm sorry. You're correct. Yeah. Um, So in A League of Their Own, he's the guy who ran the baseball league. In Dolores Claiborne, he was the abusive husband. Um, in L.A. Confidential, he's the, the the pimp of the of the the, the brothel. He's very versatile. Uh, he is in tons of stuff, and uh, yeah, he's a great actor. He celebrates his seventy second birthday today. He's also in the uh, in, like the Godzilla. He was in the Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters. Okay, yeah, he does all kinds of work. Yeah. Uh, Scott Glenn, the great Scott Glenn. Awesome. Man, wow, the right stuff, obviously. I just watched that again. It's fantastic. Uh, I, the Hunt for Red October was on recently yeah. as, as the uh, uh, the captain of the uh, uh, the American submarine. He's awesome in that. Silence of the Lambs, obviously. Plays, um, uh, oh man, what was the character's name? Uh, anyway. Uh, he Biff is, Cornblatt. No, it's not Biff Cornblatt. Crawford. It's Crawford. Thanks. Crawford, yeah, no, yeah. Jack Biff Crawford. Crawford. Yep, not Biff. Biff Crawford. Jack Crawford. Uh, he's 82. He's but he's been in everything. Uh, Urban uh, th- Cowboy throughout the years. He even is uh, a, a role. I didn't know it was him. 
And I've gone back and I've seen the scene, and it doesn't even look like him. But he's in Apocalypse Now. Yeah, uh, he doesn't ha- he doesn't speak. No, uh, and he's in camo, uh, you know, paint on his face, and you can't even tell it's him. But he's in that movie. He's eighty two today. Bob Euchre celebrates his eighty seventh birthday today. Uh, Major League kind of made a breakthrough there after his baseball career, obviously, and his broadcaster for the Brewers. Uh, but he was an actor too, you know, Major League, Mr. Belvedere, which is the music we're playing now. Uh, he is, uh, he is a, a storyteller, and that's what makes him look like legendary. He, all the late night talk show hosts, Letterman and Carson, and everybody throughout the years loved having him on. So many great deliveries in, in Major League. Just a bit outside. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and I, I love the line where he goes, uh, uh, here, he's looking for a stat, and he's like, I don't know. Out of hell with it. Nobody's <laughs> listening anyway. He's 87. Two hits. Yep. Uh, the great Wayne Gretzky. Wow. And Wayne. How old? He's 60. I thought he was older than So that. did I. Are you sure? That's what it says here. Listen, the dude was a kid when he got in the league. It's true, it's true. And he just ripped apart the NHL. Yeah. I mean, he just was the best of the best. Nobody could touch him. You go, by, go back, it's like watching, you know, old footage of, of Jordan play basketball and just dominate. And, and you watch some of the scenes. If you go back and see some of Gretzky's greatest moments, you can't believe what he does on the ice. Listen to this stat. He held uh, 61 NHL records, 61 <laughs> at the time of his retirement, 40 regular season records, 15 playoff records, and six all-star records. And the old joke is if you're at a trivia or a quiz or whatever and they ask a hockey question, the answer is almost always Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, so happy 60th today. Andrew Ridgely. Oh, oh wow. Wham! One half of Wham! Yeah. Uh, George Michael was the other. Andrew Ridgely didn't do a whole lot. Not No, really. Play no. guitar. I don't know if he wrote any of those songs or not. I don't think not. so. I'm not really sure what the story was. I think he was. went for coffee when George Michael started writing. <laughs> yeah, somebody had to. You won't, you won't cream with that. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if either of those guys wrote their songs or not. But um, He added the second go-go. Uh, they were a huge, huge hit. Uh, he turns 58 years old today. A little race car driving Really? Uh, side, yeah, a little side action. Interesting. Had this song blaring in the, in the cockpit as he's tearing down the, uh, the straightaways. Really a big pick-me-up. Uh, you have uh, singer uh, Gene Knight, who sang the song Mr. Big Stuff. Oh, wow. Mr. Big Stuff. Who do you think you are? Mr. Big Stuff. She's 78. And then the last birthday today, there's eight of them, and they turn 12 years old today. The Suleman Octuplets, wow. Octomom's kids. Oh, oh, wow. If you remember her. I do remember. Kathy loved. We... You <laughs> loved her so much. You oh, would not stop talking about your adoration for like, Octomom. That whole story from start to whatever, if we're finished with it, I don't yeah. know, was just bizarre. Like the doctor did that. And, uh, the oh the doctor God. got in trouble, I believe, for um, the fertility drugs, I, I think, or at least there were t- talks about bringing him up on charges about the fertility stuff with her, and it was it was crazy. And, and then at the beginning, it seemed as if it was all orchestrated for her to become a celebrity, you know. And then later on, she did porn. She did porn, yeah. if you remember. Yeah, yeah. self-pleasuring all porn. All these kids who are going to find it. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, so they're 12 today, so happy birthday. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question, how old was Bilbo when he left the Shire? I will go to Glenn for the answer. Glenn, good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Thank Yay! you. Glenn, how old was Bilbo, please? I, I want to say this correctly. He was 111. T. 111. Yeah, 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 you got it. Bilbo. Bilbo. Hang on a second, dude. 
Glenn is going to get a digital download of the powerful martial arts film Born Champion starring Sean Patrick Flannery, Katrina Bowden, and Dennis Quaid. Once in a lifetime opportunity knocks twice. Experience the inspirational film. But the love for family, the drive for greatness, and the willing to never give up without a fight. It's in select theaters on digital and on demand now. Rated R from Lionsgate. There it is. Thank you. All right. Um, let's get into this. It was one year ago today. Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant oh, wow. and seven others died in a helicopter crash in Calabasas. Uh, Kobe was 41. Gianna was only 13 years old. Uh, the Lakers do not have any plans for any large memorials as they don't want to place any further emphasis on what will already be a challenging day for Bryant's family. Uh, they, the family reportedly has asked NBA teams and the league not to hold tributes today. Oh, wow. Okay. In, instead, the team will reportedly continue to memorialize Kobe in subtle ways, such as by wearing Bryant's signature sneakers and with LeBron James' number 24 finger sleeve. Uh, LeBron spoke on uh, Kobe's death saying, um, it's a saying that time heals all and as devastating and as tragic as it was and still is to all of us involved in it, it takes time. Everyone has to, has their own grieving process. So that's interesting that the family asks to just not make a big deal. Maybe it was enough, you know, like all of the stuff that happened and went on was enough. I, I I actually, I appreciate that. I I really do. You know, I was wondering, I follow her Vanessa on Instagram and she was, has recently been, I mean, she has been pretty open about stuff. Like she'll post pictures and letters and how she's feeling and all that kind of stuff. But she was recently posting and I'm like, wow, she's really stepping it up. I didn't realize it was the year anniversary of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it, it. It seems like it was 10 years ago. It's it does. just crazy. It does. It's it just definitely crazy. does not seem like yeah. it was one year ago with all this happened between now and then. All right. Another one of uh, Army Hammer's exes is speaking out about his alleged abuse and humiliation humiliation of he her. My, he made me pierce my nipple. Uh, <laughs> well, there was piercing involved. Uh, so the 22-year-old Paige Lorenz said that she and Hammer, who is 34, dated for four months last year, and that, quote, he would cut off underwear or bras and use the knife and put it all over my body. In one incident, he allegedly started to carve the letter A near her vagina. Oh, no. oh my God. So she told page six, I kind of sat back and let it happen. I didn't really know what to do or say. As sad as that is, I wanted him to like me and feel like I was down for whatever he wanted. Um, and he also left her with bruises, she said. She said he would always tell me, uh, when he got back from the gym, that he was bragging to his friends about carving an A into me. I've gotten a DM saying Army had sent me photos of me tied up that I didn't know about. I didn't even know the photos existed or what they look like. Uh, I don't know if I was blindfolded. So the college student told the paper that Hammer, quote, built up my trust to ease me into darker things. She said he would compliment me yeah. and tell me things that would make me feel on top of the world. She explained the first time we met... Uh, he had me call him sir or daddy, and I it didn't really alarm me. I was like, this is different, and this could be fun and an adventure, and I like him. And she added, he wanted me to be his sex slave. He was like, you are so trainable. Uh, an attorney for Hammer said in a statement, uh, these assertions about Mr. Hammer are patently untrue. Any interactions with this person or any partner of his uh, were completely consensual in that they were fully discussed, agreed upon, and mutually participatory. The stories behind perpetuate that the stories being perpetuated in the media are a misguided attempt to represent 
uh, or to present a one-sided narrative with the goal of tarnishing Mr. Hammer's reputation and communications from the individuals involved. Prove that. I think that is the line of delineation. If if they were both, if, if she was fully into this and complicit and giving her okay, then that's two kinky people doing stuff. If he was, if she, if he was doing this against her will, then that's a whole other well, story. What I, what I think happened was it started to head down that territory, and that's why she got out. Yeah. So, so she says, looking back, she says there were red flags throughout the relationship. I guess I just put them aside to the side, and he made me feel so confident. At the time she added, he would talk about it like a traditional BDSM relationship, but it wasn't. It was more. She said this was way outside and beyond that. It's freaky, man. She says she thinks that Hammer enjoyed hurting women but used BDSM as a mask for this. He also discussed consuming her. She said, I thought he was kidding. Yeah. It didn't register to me. This was something that he was serious about until he brought it up multiple times and seeing other women come out with the same thing. And then I was like, wow, this is uh, this is really scary. Uh, Lorenz got out and uh, is now seeking therapy. She said the tough part of this is that consent is really complicated. Yes. Emotionally and psychologically, you can be just as traumatized. It's disgusting that he coerces women into these situations, and it's dangerous. Uh, Hammer's ex, Courtney, had previously told Page Six, he said to me he wants to break my rib and barbecue and eat it. Uh, and then there were there were other things. There's a whole other uh, article that I read. It was like a 10-page article about... Uh, more of this talking about eating and actually starting to bite and wanting to cut off toes and things yeah. like that. And he tying, wrote a book called Stuff on Mannequins. And... To Serve Man, which everyone thought was an altruistic book about serving humanity. He did not do It's that. a cookbook! <laughs> I do that. Uh, so are there any charges pending? No. In this case? Okay, so no. it's just allegations. Not, yeah. that I, not that I know of, yeah. And, and so these are interviews that are being given, and so that's why his attorneys are, are speaking out. Now, whether or not he's going to turn it around yeah. and hold them liable, I'm not really sure. I wonder how many times in the world of this level of stuff, in, in kink or BDSM or all that stuff, how do you, do you, is it a wise dominatrix or submissive that gets paperwork signed so that you, because Maybe. How, it, when you're when you're being whipped or whatever, yeah. you know, where does the line fall when you say, nah, that was a little too much of that? Yeah, agreements have to be made. And then yeah. there's, there's, you know, safe, word, safe words and catering. Yeah. No, there's safe words and things like that. Now, all that's behind closed doors. Yes, and that's and the so, problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I do not know. Uh, I have some other stories. Uh, we'll go. All right. Well, How we'll do you t- top a cannibal? Well, the one I mentioned, this is not going to top it, but uh, that's why I led with it. But uh, Ellen DeGeneres has struggled to hold on to the ratings following accusations of the unkindness, sexism, and racism on her set. And we discuss that. But right. now, Kelly Clarkson's show may take over her slot on NBC, according to some sources. Kathy! It, it all depends now. DeGeneres' ratings have slipped 8%. And insiders say the Kelly Clarkson show, which aired after Ellen at 3 p.m., might take over that prime slot when her contract ends in a year, Kelly has become the most watched new daytime show in seven years, and it won three daytime Emmys last year, including one for wow. Clarkson uh, as Best Entertainment Talk Show last month. Ratings for Kelly matched those of Ellen for the first time. I didn't even know it was, like, I've never even seen it. I've never even given it a chance. I saw a little bit of it at the beginning, <laughs> and while you have to allow things to work themselves out, I haven't gone back to it. And Six. It was, it was, yeah. I thought I thought it was okay. No, it it's it's Friday. I hit the wrong button. There we go. It, it doesn't stink. She's 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 likable. 
she's, I agree with you 100% person. I caught it right at the beginning when it came on. Um, being her is what the draw of the show is, is that she's a likable person. Yeah. How long? You stay enamored of Kelly Clarkson. I think that's the key. The key to me are the interviewing skills. Yes. Um, and, and the BDSM. And not just the uh, uh, the fun, you know, we're going to play games and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. It's can you sit down and talk and be a good interviewer. Um, that's where some other people have fallen short. Like if you remember, like Harry Connick Jr. had a show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some other ones did it. And I didn't like their interviewing skills, yeah. you know. Um, with her, I, I just thought she was like another... Ellen Wannabe? No, another celebrity. Here we yeah. go. Another uh, artist, another perform, uh, you know, uh, singer who wants to have a talk show. And I never gave it a chance because I thought it's going to go away quickly. I was watching right. Octo Mom's talk show last night, and she said the same <laughs> thing. Cassie. Well, listen, I was I was that way with uh, with Rachel Ray's show. I'm like, right. oh, okay, she's a she's yeah. a you know she's a chef, and she's going to have this show that's not on the Food Network. Mm-hmm. No way it's going to last. Yeah, Look all at these her. years later, it's still on. She's killing it. Yeah, Kathy runs her fan club. Some money. No, I told you after I met her that second time she was wonderful she well she you can tell some of it it's just her personality like she was she was very nice she's not a bubbly hug you affectionate hey you know let's be best buds but she is who she is and she was like very forward about that and and i liked her i liked when i met her okay all right well some other things get to uh kira knightley has revealed her discomfort in falling under the male gaze while filming intimate scenes. In a conversation uh, during an interview, uh, she said her decision to add a no-nudity clause to her contract since becoming a mother was partly due to vanity. She said it's the male gaze. If I was making a story that was about that journey of motherhood and body acceptance, I feel like, I'm sorry, but that would have to be with a female filmmaker. Does she she routinely use body doubles, do we know, Preston? I don't know. I said I don't have an absolute ban, but I kind of do with men. I don't want to be those hor- uh, I don't want it to be those horrible sex scenes where you're all greased up and everybody's grunting. I'm not interested <laughs> in doing that. I feel very uncomfortable now trying to portray the male gaze uh saying that uh, there's times when I go, yeah, I completely see where this sex would be really good in this film and you basically just see somebody to look hot. So therefore, you can use somebody else because I'm too vain and the body has had two children now. And I just rather not stand in front of a group of men naked. You know, it's funny when you do see stuff that just it just it sort of um, resonates as um, why is why is this here? And and President, what comes to yeah. mind is Mindhunter. Like uh, like I, I I love the show. I think it's great. Yeah. Right. There were some. Oh, I guess this him going down in the scene is. I guess it's necessary. You know, like it was yeah. just. It yeah. seemed. I get it, and I'm not. It didn't forward the story much, it, right? And it's like as nice as she was, hot, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Right. And I, yeah, it's just it's like. But uh, what's the point of this? What was right. the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I know what you mean. Hey, uh, Harry Potter is set for the small screen at HBO Max. That's the word. Execs at Warner Media have been in talks with potential writers, according to reports. Uh, the deals are in very early stages, so they're talking about doing a TV show, yes, essentially or series. Um, with the Harry Potter uh, background. HBO Max is home also, I believe, to the Lord of the Rings, projected Lord of the Rings series, is it not? Uh, that, uh, I'm not sure. I, I think it might be. Okay. Um, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I know it's on one of the platforms. Listen, if they could, if they could pull off uh, a Harry Potter series, um, Nick, you're, well, you're the biggest Harry Potter fan here. What's your take on this? I don't think that they needed to do the latest movies. I, I think that they were just sort of... Um, 
for lack of a better term, money grabs at this point. Um, but there, it's such a rich universe that they can certainly find other stories to tell. So I don't, I don't mind it. You know, it, it's like anything in the, in the world, you know, like with Star Wars or Marvel or, or these platforms or these, these stories where you can just mine and mine and mine. But sometimes it becomes the law of diminishing returns. Well, I was I was tapping out on a lot of the Star Wars stuff, even with the J.J. Abrams, you know, the the the, the newer trilogy. Yeah. Stuff. And then here here comes Mandalorian, and I'm like, I'm back on board, which is why I'm fine with it. But like yeah. for me, you know, the Hobbit movies weren't necessary. So you know, it, like there's there's so much content out there. Yeah. But Harry Potter is a rich universe to uh, you know to look for new material. Put you know, it in the right hands. The the one with uh, Eddie Redmayne, the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fantastic Beast. Yeah, you know, you know what I didn't like about that? I, them coming to America. I didn't think it really. Yeah, I, I got used to that world in England or just at Hogwarts in this mis, this mythical kind of place. Right, that wasn't really in the real world. And then they took it out of there and went somewhere else, and it kind of. Turned I sort of agree. You're you're in a, an area that's familiar yeah. to us that makes yeah. it less magical. A, and then B, Eddie Redmayne's character. I wanted to slap the crowd. Speak up. Yeah, he was a little wimpy. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see. A source tells people that Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker's romance has gotten her family's approval. Ooh. Uh, the source says... Even Mominger? He's liked her for a long time, and she's got more open to the idea. He's a good guy and a really great dad. Her family and friends really like him. Uh, their kids are all getting along, too, which is sweet. Uh, she, of course, shares three children with Scott Disick, <laughs> and Barker shares three kids with uh, Shanna Mokler. Uh, she was a porn star, right? Uh, she was, and that was a big, that was a very convoluted, drawn-out split. Yeah. And, uh, of course, she married uh, the biggest douchebag ever to walk the planet with Scott Disick. So right, right. their exes are real Man. champs. Travis Barker's got a long neck. Uh, he does, with lots of tattoos on it. Absolutely. He has more art on his neck than the Louvre. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Queen and Slim's Jody Turner-Smith will lead Netflix's six-part time, uh, six-part limited series called The Witcher Blood Origin. She was the one of the stars of the movie Queen and Slim. Uh, she is a, uh, it's a prequel to The Witcher, by the way. You guys oh. watch that at all, The Witcher? I watched um, a little bit. It's with Henry Cable, right? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what I watched, I liked. Okay, uh, so they're going to do a prequel to that. Uh, the series is set in an elven world 1,200 years before the series. This is uh, Elvis's world, you said? Elven world. Oh, I'm sorry. World. Man, look at all these fairies, man. A guy named Elvin. <laughs> That's uh, crazy, man. They got all the spells and stuff so tiny. I Jody, keep smashing into them on my windshield, man. Jody Turner-Smith will play an elite warrior with the voice of a goddess. You're an elite warrior, man, with the voice of a goddess. Has uh, left her clan. I got the voice of a king. And her... <laughs> And her role as queen guardian to become a nomadic musician. Oh, Ooh, maybe ooh. she and Elvis could get together. That's right, man. You they take the bass. Yeah. You take the bass? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so look for that. I jumped ahead. I didn't mean to get into, uh, you know, the latest The Witcher stuff. stuff. Well, you and, usually uh, end with that. Who's working and doing what? I wanted to stick with uh, more personal stories. So let me back up a tick, hey, if listen. you don't mind. You had to back up a tick this morning, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll cover that in a minute. To talk about that. We'll cover that in a minute. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow proved once again that she's still besties with her ex, Chris Martin. She hit up Instagram to comment on a throwback video that he put up, and she wrote, "Aw, little baby daddy." It was cute. He posted a picture of her uh, of her vag and said, uh, "Was that right? This is where the candles came from." Wow. Uh, so that was the nice I, thing. I, that is a very encouraging relationship. Yeah, that they are managing to stay. Uh, amiable. 
And uh, that's and Sakaiable. <laughs> and Sakaiable as well. <laughs> Do you remember, um, so for some reason, the goop thing is all about her vagina. And, uh, well, the goop candle is. the yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, also, if you recall, a few months ago, they had like this goop photo shoot, and they had this huge wall of flowers that were in the shape of a vagina. Do you remember I that? I did see that, yes. That, my buddy did that wall. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. So, my buddy who's a florist and, and, and in L.A. Yeah. Gwynny's request? At Gwynny's request, yeah. He's the one who did the vagina wall. Can he get us Gwynny's number? Yeah, no. Nice. Listen, so. we've heard about that guy for years now. Right. Is it, is it high time we actually talk, talk to him? Talk to the son do an interview with yeah. Matt yeah. Heron? Yeah. Okay. Longtime buddy of yours, big time florist in Hollywood, works yeah. with the, the who's who. Went out to be an actor. Yeah. yeah. Didn't work out, became a florist. It's yeah. crazy because, like, we were all into, like, 90210 when we were in high school and stuff right. like that. And you like, were the Luke Perry. And now he's, like, friends with Tiffany Thiessen. Oh, man. I'm like, come on. Who was the person we interviewed recently who knew him? Uh, that was, uh... The dude from SNL. Oh, Bobby Moynihan. Bobby Moynihan. Yes. Right. Yeah, they hung together in, in college. That was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe we talk to him sometime soon. We should do a segment called Casey's Friends. Yes. Mm. We'll just talk to all your buddies. Oh, we'll talk to my buddy Jeff about how much he loves Howie Long. We could do or that, Or the too. CEO of the Running Away Club. Yes. Well, that's me. Possibilities are endless. You were the CEO? Did you end up? Who was the president? I was the founder, CEO, and president. Oh, okay. I didn't realize yeah. that. No, did, not, just, did you actually, know he was? I had, had no idea. Had all those executive positions That's on the Running Away Club. Yeah. Actually, I was the uh, I was the mole. To tell you the truth, I was the rat. I, oh, went I and, loved that show. Yeah, <laughs> Anderson <laughs> Cooper. Yeah. Anderson Cooper. I was loved host. Anderson Cooper, and th- so I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, I really like this show." And then it went off the. Air. You remember that uh, uh, Walter Cronkite yeah. hosted Beat the Clock for a while? <laughs> no, if you, I, I um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm thinking of Anderson. <laughs> Anderson Cooper, Cooper hosting, hosting a game, a game show. show. A oh, mole game yeah. show. Okay. He was good, though. Okay, huh? I was thinking of the Pinecone Collectors Club. That's the one. Oh. Running Away Club. If I was were... thinking of the Pinecone Collectors Club. Wow. I have so many Pinecones. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I go on a journey. Back in the shot. <laughs> Let's just get back. All to things the lead back to the Shire, which is comforting in a way. I have one more story and about the Shire. Then we're moving on. It's about Miley Cyrus. She announced oh. on Instagram she will be performing at the Super Bowl. Their upcoming TikTok tailgate. So she's not in the halftime show. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, "I'll be there for TikTok's tailgate. I can't wait to put on a show for the NFL's honored guests before the game, healthcare workers from Tampa and around the country. Join the tailgate at two thirty p.m." February 7th on TikTok and at uh, CBS TV. Do you see what she's going to do? It's pretty wild. She's going to go. What, what, the, the stadium that they're playing in, mm-hmm. she's going to go around and chew all the gum that's under the seat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, the event, which will be held on February 7th, just before the Buccaneers and uh, Chiefs face off, will gather more than 7,500 healthcare workers who have already received both shots of the coronavirus vaccine to watch Cyrus's sure-to-be-exciting performance. Of the new event, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said in a statement, these dedicated healthcare workers continue to put their own lives at risk to serve others, and we owe them our ongoing gratitude. We hope in a small way that this initiative will inspire our country and recognize these true American heroes. This is also an opportunity to promote the importance of vaccination and appropriate health care practices. Uh, including wearing masks in public settings. So they were giving Miley Cyrus her shot and her antibiotics, which they administer with a fire hose. Oh. Because she's got a lot of stuff going on in there. Several other artists are helping celebrate the Super Bowl this year, which will have a limited in-person capacity due to social distancing measures. Uh, Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church will perform the national anthem. While, uh, is it pronounced her or H-E-R? It's H period, E period, R period. So I'm just saying her. She's yeah, singing a rendition of America the Beautiful. I think this is the first time that I don't know any of those people. 
singing the national anthem and American Beautiful. I don't know. You do know the halftime act. Is it, is it? Well, Church? yeah, I know that. Yeah. But but Eric Church is a, a country singer, but he's got a lot of rock flair. He wears sunglasses, and uh, he's he's not bad. I, but he, Jasmine Sullivan, Eric Church, and her, I, I don't know. I, I don't know him. You don't need to know him. You look, he's, he, you're kind of mad you don't know him. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like... You're, he is an entertainment reporter for the no. number one show in Philadelphia. You don't think that they should reach out to him and let them know who they are? No, it's not that. Uh, it's just that, um, I don't know. They used to have the greats. They used, right. to have, they used to have the best of the best do that. Mm-hmm. And even if you are somewhat clueless of the music industry, you at least know who they are. knew who Whitney Houston was. You know, you knew who, uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, there, there's tons of, of biggies that they've had over the years, Aretha Franklin or, or whoever it may Justin be. Preston, it's not important that you know who everyone I don't is. Know. I just, I think it's it's kind of, it's cheapened now. So, but anyway, that's me. That's me being the old dude. I had a birthday yesterday. I'm a year older, so now I'm Ken Tanker. It's important that you speak from the heart. Thank you. Which you always do. I try to. <laughs> Thank you, Gandalf. Uh, the weekend is set as the headline of the the halftime show. Now I know who he is. The actual forty eight hours. Of yeah, time. Those, that will be. Oh, you don't include Friday? No. Uh, Though I do love Friday. It's my favorite part of the weekend. But I think technically Saturday and Sunday. I agree. Sunday's kind of a cop out. Sunday sucks. Yeah. And the weekend. Uh, I, I, I listen. We know who the weekend is, but he, he's. Has he only had like one, maybe two you know what? hit he's, albums? He's, I, he's talented. Yeah. I think he's talented. He's had some hits, yeah. but he hasn't had years, strings of, yeah. of great music. And therein, again, yeah. you know, seems to be a bit of a of a copping out. Or maybe they're running out of people. You know yeah. what I mean? He's no, he's no two chains. They might be running out of people. I do think he's talented. He seems yeah. to think that he's um, at a higher level. Well, he thought he got yeah. snubbed at the Grammys. Right. Remember, he made a big deal about that. So. <laughs> yeah. I ain't anywhere. Ah, uh, hell. Ah, uh, hell. Wait a minute. Hold on a Wait, second. What? All right. Her, her is how you pronounce her name. H-E-R. It is pronounced her. You got it right. Her. An acronym for having everything revealed. Ooh. Shut up, man. And her name is Gabriella Sarmiento Wilson. That is her actual name. All right. We're on to the Maybe clips. she's related to Wilson's secret sauce. Oh, maybe. Great maybe. brisket. They Great wished brisket. me a happy birthday yesterday. Did they? Yes, they tweeted that out. Thank you, guys. All right, Mixed Dish, the prequel to Blackish, is returning for its second season. And in this clip, young star uh, Michael Michelle Harris explains the similarities that she shares. Or maybe it's Michal, M-Y-K-A-L. I would say Michal. Didn't we have an intern named Michal? We, we did. And she shares with her character. So this is the, the similarities. Here we go. You know, we both love our family. We both are absolute leaders. Like, if there's a challenge, Santa Monica is going to lead forever and ever. Uh, I, I do the same as well. And I think we're both very mature for our age. <laughs> oh, she God. is very young. Oh, yeah. She is a little girl. We're looking at a picture of her, and she's... <laughs> She sounds like an old soul. She does, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, Mixed Dish uh, Season 2 premieres tonight, 9.30. That's on ABC. Here's the next clip. In 1939, archaeologists unearthed an Anglo-Saxon burial site which changed humanity's way of thinking about the Dark Ages. And here, Lily James, who plays real-life archaeologist Peggy Preston, discusses the importance of the true events in the dig. Yeah, because it completely redefined how we thought of that time, of the Anglo-Saxon time, from feeling like it was this dark ages primitive, you know. And then uh, beyond that, the fact that they got it just in the nick of time, you know, the war was just, like, days away from starting. And so had, had they have not found it exactly when they did, we'd never have, probably would never have found this treasure and wouldn't know what we did about that time. Lily, 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 <laughs> legs, Lily, Lily. <laughs> 
The Dig is available on Netflix this Friday. All right, there you go. That's what I have in the entertainment report. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to get back. Let's get you some money. No sad dough. It's happening a couple times this morning, seven times throughout the day. Don't miss it. First time at 8, and it's also a Tattoos Day. Yay! Text the word tattoo to 39333 because you just might win a $350 gift certificate to Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. We'll be back in a moment. Glad you asked. ACDC. Royal Blood. Deftones. New music. More of everything that rocks. I'm 93.3 WMMR. One of the benefits of waking up at 3.50 a.m. to go to work is that uh, you don't have to contend with traffic and you have pretty short drive-ins. You know, this is one of the things you avoid all these people out on the road. Uh, It takes me about 35 minutes to get to work. Uh, Today, it took over two hours. (laughs) And there was no traffic at all. None of it. And that is because... When I got here to the studio and got out of my car and walked up to the doors here at One Bala Plaza and was about to use my key card to open the door, I realized, oh, I left my briefcase in, in the car. Let me go back to it. I don't know why. I just got out of the car. Just whatever. I didn't, I didn't bring it with me. You're so just distracted. I go back in. It's not in the car. <laughs> I left it at home. Oh, man. And everything that I need to put on the show is in that briefcase. All the bizarre file, the connoisseur, the 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 the, the junk drawer, all everything. everything you all need. the work that I do yeah. is in that briefcase. I left it at home. It's about a thirty-five minute drive to get to my house. It took me over two hours total because I had to drive back home and get it. Which I'm glad I get to work as early as I do because right. otherwise I wouldn't have the opportunity to do that. So I had to. I, had to, I called Steve. I didn't even come inside. I couldn't come inside. I didn't no. have my keys. Well, yeah. So I called him from the car, and I, I debated. I actually I, <laughs> I walked back to the car, and I saw that I didn't have it. And then I start, well, okay. And then I start walking back to the building, and then I'm like, no. No. You got to go no. back and get it. And I start walking back to the car. I get in the car. I did this little dance going back yeah. and forth between the car. <laughs> and then I get in it, and then I called you, and I'm like, I'm here. And I saw a message, but I'm going home. Pop up in that cold drink. You were sitting in the parking lot. You'd obviously come to your conclusion, mm-hmm. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I, I've been there. Now, I live 10 minutes from the, from the, the, the house. But I, I've done the same thing where you, you come, and I'm there, and, and I don't have the keys. And I'm like, do I want to be asking people all day for their keys mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to, to get in and out? And, and so I went home to do that. That's just 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You added on another hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I wouldn't mind well, what, what, asking people for my keys, but we just couldn't do the show. So I couldn't do the show. Thirty years? What? How far away? It's about thirty-five minutes. Thirty-five minutes. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking about it because I was sitting in the office. Steve told me, so I was sitting in the office, and I'm like, "What would we have done? Like, why did he have to go home?" And I, and then I just thought, "There's like no segment." I mean, we could get through it. Yeah, but, we could have done even it. Bizarre I, you know, file, yeah. music news. Like there was, you had nothing. Uh-huh. <laughs> we. I was thinking, I'm like, we all could have if we all grabbed. Like a story each for Bizarre File, for a Connoisseur, right. for Music uh, News. Yeah. Like if everyone grabbed one story <laughs> yeah. and gave it to you, then we would have been okay. But and, but I also, I keep stacks of stuff. I know, yeah. When, when the news yeah. is light, I have backup stories I know, that I can I know, go yeah. to and find some things that we can yeah. talk about. And I didn't have any of it. None also, of it. Zero. You feel more, 
you just feel better having your stuff. stuff. Totally. Yeah. I forgot my laptop. I don't take my laptop home anymore because I have forgotten it a number of times. And just to use a different computer because we I use uh, an Apple and to use like, a, you know, a desktop or, or whatever, a PC, it's like. Yeah. You can do it, but it just you throws, don't like it. It throws everything off. Right. So, what was the amount of time, Preston, where you actually sat in the parking lot thinking, <laughs> "Do I have to go home?" I spent I spent not that long, like three minutes. Yeah. You know, I went back. I did this little you know, dog in the middle of the street <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. running around. What do I do? What do I do? Because right. 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 time time's cl- time's ticking now. Right. Uh, uh, because you're, you're you're losing your window. <laughs> you have to come to that decision, forth. and you're yeah. like, "All right, the, the pros and the cons," and you're weighing them. You're like, "Fine, f it, I'll drive home." I rented an RV last summer and um, uh, there was a, a period of time where I had to go back and forth. The, the RV rental place is called Fretz RV. It's out by Satterton, actually not too far from you, Preston. So I have to go up the turnpike uh, from where I live in Villanova and I, I was taking it back and forth from my house more than once. And one of the times where I took it back up to my uh, back to the RV center, I had forgotten my keys at <laughs> home in order to get my car, which was parked at the RV center, back to my house. So I'm sitting there in the parking lot thinking do I have to drive home, or can I find somebody to bring my keys to me? Did you, so? Did you think at some point I maybe about, Rochelle could? I, yeah, you know? but I'm like, that's a dick move. I'm, it was my fault. Exactly. And I'm not going to make her do that. You it know, was your birthday mean? yesterday, yeah. and it was my birthday. <laughs> yeah, birthday and they did enough for me. Yeah, uh-huh. my my birthday's officially over. So, yeah. by the way, I got this text. I do want to answer yeah. this question because it says, "Why can't you? Do, why couldn't you just do your work online? Have it uh, printed for you in the morning." Because when I when I have all these stories, these stories are filled with all kinds of information that that is not necessary Useless. To, to convey just basically the idea of what's going on. There are lots of details, like you know, the Friday Morning Gazette said that uh, you know, yeah. and I'll leave certain words out, and so I edit them out, like you know, and and the uh, the arresting officer, you know, Sergeant J, blah blah blah, so and so stated in the report that blah, blah, blah. I leave that stuff yeah. out. You prep it. I prep it. I, yeah. I I work on it. I don't don't you know um, rip and read as right, I used to call right, it back right. in the day. So so there is some work that has to be done on it. I mean, I have literally uh, not even left my neighborhood, and I'm like. <sighs> It's just too far to go back. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do that if yeah. it's something minor. Uh-huh. If, it's, if it's like you know, I left my lunch or whatever, and I'll get some out of the vending machine. Okay, or whatever. Right, you right, know, right, right. How I far back- do you have to go without your phone before you turn around? Um, if I get out of the neighborhood, then forget it. Forget it. I can deal without okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I, and and in fact, that's kind of freeing when that happens. Yeah. I forget the phone and have to live the rest of the day without it. I kind of, I'm like, okay. All right, I'm throwing caution to the wind. We'll see what happens here. Mine is skewed by my proximity, so okay. I, I will go back. Right. You know, so, I mean, yeah. It's close. Uh, 35, 40 minutes? Nah, forget it. But here's here's what I'm curious about, Maybe because you know there are people who have who have gotten on a plane, <laughs> landed in a destination, oh, yeah, yeah. and realized that they left the thing that they <laughs> needed at home, yeah. and what am I going to do now? Do you get somebody to whatever that is, grab it and overnight it to you the next day? Is it that important? So I'd love to hear stories. It's two one five two six three WMMR. All right, it's not that far, but considering the the frame of mind that I was in, I was going to a fish concert in Atlantic City. So my friend and I, we were across. It was at Boardwalk Hall. We were all the way over at Harris. Yeah, and we had to get in a in a taxi we had to traverse the casino floor we had to do all this stuff in an altered state we had gotten <laughs> all the way through the cattle shoot of a thousand you know thousands of people 
up to the point where you hand your ticket to the people before I realized that I left the tickets in the hotel room. And so we had no choice. We wanted to go to this concert. Yeah. But, like, the one thing. I mean, I swear to God, Steve, when, when we first got off the elevator to the and the casino yeah. opened, it was like... Willy Wonka. It was like the, this wonderland. Right. I was like, oh, my God, I don't know if I can walk through this. This is a great time we're We're going to see fish. This is only the 480th time I've seen it. <laughs> then we get to a taxi and laugh for a half hour in the taxi. I mean, it was just such an adventure. And then we go. Oh, we got to go back to the room, and we have to do we have to do this all over again. It just feels like such a such a waste. It is a waste. And, and, and then on on the return, Preston, as you're driving back now, like you're driving back to to your home. It's like this is I don't see the sky this way normally at this time. I, now traffic's going to start to build on the return, and it's all that crap. It's like ah, Casey, did anybody say? Man, I can't do it. I can't, I can't go through that again, man. It was just me I'm and just one person. Lay down here for a few minutes. Oh my God. Uh, let me see here. I'm gonna go to. Uh, let me go to Bobby. Bobby, good morning. Morning, it. Hey, morning, Bobby. What's morning, happening, bud? Bobby. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, two years ago, we, uh, me and my wife, we went to Chicago. You know, good vacation. We get on the plane, and she goes, "Give my purse." I'm like, no, why Why would I have it? <laughs> <laughs> so we're leaving Chicago to come back home to Philly. She brought her purse. It has everything we need to get back home. Keys for the car, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, are you kidding me? We're getting ready to take off. Luckily, we were able to make a phone call to at least cancel the credit cards and have somebody meet us at the airport so we had the keys for the car. But, uh, yeah, I yeah, mean, that one kind of sucked. But you, you, you were able to hedge it off. You didn't have to do anything other than just cancel some cards and do that. I, I, you know that so that that does freak you out. I, I, yeah. Like, are you the kind like Preston? Are you the kind of person who the second you can't find your card, okay, I got to get on the phone and start canceling them. I got to. Uh, no, Rochelle okay. definitely is. Okay, she'll, she'll take it right away. So, uh, but but I I'm concerned. I'm like I will start looking and see yeah. if we can we can you know track it down. But no, mm. I don't freak out quite that bad. Uh, let me see. Let me go to. Uh, I have Mike. Hi, Mike. Good morning. Uh, this is Eric. Oh, I got the wrong call. All right, Eric, go ahead, bud. You're on the air. Uh, first of all, can we forget about the moose for a moment? <laughs> <laughs> forget about the moose. We haven't uh, heard from the moose. Why don't you yeah. forget the moose? Um, what's from up, Eric? Eric. <laughs> uh, so I went to spring training, uh, I guess, two years ago because the pandemic shut it down last year. Mm-hmm. And I left a piece of my sleep apnea machine at home, uh, the piece that connects the mask to the tube. Yeah. So I, I had to search Clearwater uh, the day I got there, well, pretty much all day. For I skipped the game because I had to find the piece for the sleep apnea machine so I could sleep for the rest of the week. So you skip the game, the reason you go, uh, to just find this piece. That's a pain in the ass. Yeah, it was rough. It was, a, it was an I tell you what, like there's times where you can you can you, you don't have something and you can find a replacement. Or you 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 know, but I mean, where you there's no other option but to physically track back across distance you've already covered. That's what you had to do. There was no way you weren't going to get it FedEx to you. You, you weren't going to get someone to do. Del- you could have, but it would have been a great imposition. Hey, this is interesting. Let me let me. This is the the call I meant to go to. Let me go to Mike. Hey, Mike, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning. You guys are awesome. Thanks, oh. dude. Appreciate it. So you're an Uber driver, it says here. 
Yes, uh, many moons ago when I was doing the Uber driver thing, I was out in the uh, like Narberth area dropping somebody off, and I get the request for a long trip. And before I even finish dropping my first passenger off, I'm getting a phone call from the new guy. And he said, all right, here's the situation. I'm like, oh, God, what did I just get into? Okay, what do you got, Chief? And he goes, I'm in New York. I said, okay, but my passports aren't. Oh. I'm, about to, I'm about to get on a flight to go on a two-week international business trip. I really need passports. So what I need you to do is go to my house, pick up my passports from my housekeeper, and bring them to me in New York. So you, so so, at, so actually, the guy he's, he turns you into a courier. Yeah, okay. basically he spent he ended up spending like grand total. He spent like two hundred and twenty dollars total for me to drive two documents. By the way, think about it. Uh, well, well, hang yeah. on real quick, Mike. What's what's Uber's policy on that, or is there? Can yeah, you, can you do that? I mean, there was no real policy to it. It's the passports were the passenger. Okay, you know, the guy needed. I mean, I've had people. Before uh, Uber Eats was even a thing, I used I had people who would order dinner from restaurants, and I would bring it into Center City for them because okay. that's like the restaurant that they they trust because they're business travelers. Right, right. So, so, so resources. I mean, why the hell not? And then I had a great trip to New York. We stopped over, grabbed a slice, and then went home. <laughs> <laughs> what's What's the story as far right. as distance you can cover? Could Could someone hop in and say, uh, "Take me to Miami," and 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 you could do that? Oh, I would have done it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, so this guy had you run to his house, and I assume somebody was there to give you the uh, the passports. Oh yeah, the housekeeper was there, and she was a living housekeeper. She answered the door. She had tank top, no bra, capris, and wool socks. <laughs> wow! Wow! Well, this is my house now. The boss is gone. <laughs> um, I never considered that as as Uber as a last ditch. Yeah, um, you know, resource to sure, use yeah. uh, for for getting what you because if you're all the way, yeah, it wouldn't make sense. You don't have time to drive all the way back down here and all the way back. Right, right. Get it. You you need a one way trip, so that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't okay. bad at all. If you got the funds to support it, you yeah, know that yeah. doesn't hurt either. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank man. you. No yeah. problem. I don't think I was thinking about that for my briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> he sent an Uber driver. Hey, Han, I'm sending an Uber over to the house. Uh, let me go to, let's see, Bob. Hey, Bob, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's up, buddy? Bob! <laughs> so, me and my buddy had a season tickets for our West Virginia football one year, about five years ago. And he's driving up from Bethesda, Maryland, to my house in, like, the Langhorn area. And I go, man, I hope you got your ticket. And he gets about halfway up to 95. He's like, I actually forgot my ticket. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh! I don't know why we even split them to begin with, but he uh, he ended up uh, driving all the way up. We got in my truck, <laughs> drove back down to his house for the night, drove out to West Virginia, and went out there the next morning. Then we had to go back to the Eagles game for the following day. Wow, that's clocking some serious miles. So that was yeah. that was what an extra three hours away. Uh, yeah, about extra three hours from Bethesda. Oh God! And there's nothing like that that no. that useless trip when you're ha- you're having to just correct a problem, and the time seems to go on extra long. Yep, yep. Because you've already traversed it. Uh, hang on a second here. Uh, this this guy says we drove from New Jersey to Disney World. And at a rest area in Georgia, there was a guy that dropped his keys in the sewer drain oh, and asked for a ride. My dad made him lay flat in the bed of the truck. Oh, my God. Uh, to drive him to the next exit to his friend's house. Oh, my God. Uh, we had to drive two and a half hours home, two and a half hours back. Was that the same one? 
No, that's a different one. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, mine was just, uh, listen, I, I could have I just come in and maybe <laughs> skated through, but. You would have hated it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And once you make the decision, like, you just have to, you know, get yourself in the right mindset. That's it. I'm going home. I'm going to spend another 35 minutes to get there. Right. I'm going to pick up what I need in a matter of 60 seconds, and yep. then I'm going to spend 35 minutes Back in the car, going back to work. I'm wasting time. I'm not getting to do show prep. Everything that I wanted to do is now off the table. Oh, yeah. I'm now yeah. going to have to hate myself for the next hour and a half, uh-huh. and this is what I'm going to do this morning. Uh, and, and I tried to not stew in it. You yeah, know what you I mean? Can't. And you just can't. Forget How it. did you fight that? You make the decision. Well, and this is just, it is. yeah, this is the hand I've been dealt, and That's whatever, it. man. Rest of the day, I'll, I'll, I'll play catch up if and, I yeah. can. And you know what I've done, too, when, you're, and when I'm in a situation like that? I used to uh, drive like a lunatic and go 900 miles an hour to get where I was going. I've, it's obviously dangerous. So I've, you know, I just tell myself that's it. You're going to be late. Just accept that. And so, you know, I accept that instead of trying to get there, what, two minutes earlier, (laughs) you know, if you were to drive faster. So I just, uh, yeah, just relax and accept it. Yeah. I've, I've, I've kind of trained myself to do that as well. I forgot where I was going. Uh, I I got lost somewhere. I, you know, I made the wrong turn or whatever. This is well before Waze existed. And it put me like a half hour late for something important that I needed to be at. And I'm like, there's nothing you can do about that now. And if you just sit here and get mad, it's not going to help. And and don't try to kill yourself getting there yeah. as well. And listen, all was forgiven and it was cool. And you just got to deal with what you what, what <laughs> the, the bed that you've made. Yeah. Yes. You got to lay in it for a while. Uh, let me go to Brad. Hey, Brad. Good morning. Hey, morning. You guys rock. Hey, thanks, man. What's up, Brad? Hey, so uh, a couple years back, I was working for a company that would send me uh, like all over the country for IT like training. And one year, uh, sorry, one trip when I was going to Colorado, I left my work laptop with all the information I needed to present on it. So call my work, let them know what the situation is. They say, listen, you got to get that laptop or, you know, you're going to you're going to get terminated. End up having my girlfriend send it to me overnight via FedEx. It gets to me the next day before I have to go in. I'm like, all right, great. Open up the package. It got smashed in transit. Oh, no. And then I got fired. Oh, uh, yeah. That sucks. It was, it was your negligence yeah. that led to that. Yeah, yeah well, listen, it was on me. But uh, yeah. You should have blamed someone else. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks, Freaking man. FedEx. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus. All because you forgot it. There are more options, obviously, than there used to be with that, with getting something there overnight or courier services or, yeah. or so on and so forth. That I'm, I'm pretty inventive on doing that. But, but uh, again, there's... You know, sometimes you're just your back is up against the wall and you just have to physically go do it yourself. Yep. I'm going to go to uh, Doug next. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, bud? Great story. Uh, We were 13 going on 14, 1976. And uh, my mom drives us to our first concert. Yes, Peter Frampton, Gary Wright. Wow. The Post said Dark Band and the Mummers, if you can believe that. So the Mummers in concert opening wow. for Frampton. Okay, the Mummers. Yes, they were. They were the first ones. They got booed off the stage. So <laughs> the, the next band, the Pooh said Dark Band, got booed. You know, it's Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They got booed off the stage. But JFK, one hundred fifty thousand people. My one of my best friends forgets his ticket. My mom drives us down in the old station wagon. Uh, he has to go back on the subway back to Aden, where we grew up, to get his ticket, and. Uh, he made it back, and we actually rehooked up with him. We ended up on the field 
um, where we saw my sister sitting, and we went and sat with her, and uh, he actually managed to make it back and, and find us at the concert. Wow. Oh, okay. so it worked out. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Good story. And then I made yeah, love to my sister, and she's got her pregnant, and I had to hunt him down. All right. Thank yeah, you, Doug. I had a little more spice Appreciate to the story, it. yeah. Uh, sometimes, though, you, you if you do leave something behind... Then there's that scenario, well, we just have to buy a new one. Yes. You know, whatever. If it's yeah, not yeah. something that's uh-huh. absolutely, uh, you know, like tickets where you have to yeah. have those in order to get where you're going. But you get to the destination, you realize you left. We're just buying a new one. An expensive that's you know, a video camera or whatever, whatever it may be before you had video cameras in your phone or, you know, in your pocket. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd have to buy. Yeah. That. Okay. Well, we got to buy a new one. Uh, that does happen. But at least you can salvage that. You're just kind of screwed out of some money, you know. Uh, but sometimes it's something vital like this. We're going to go to Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Good morning. Hey, you guys back. Thank you, Kelly. What's up? Um, so my husband planned a backpacking trip a few years ago in the Great Smoky Mountains. Uh-huh. And, um, we're all excited. Got packed up. Uh, we each packed up our backpacks. And, um, we're about four miles into the hike. It's the heat of summer. And we're out of water. So we go to take the water pump out. And neither of us brought it. Oh. oh God! So that's for so, your water pump is for for clean water. Yeah. So basically, you can um, pump water into your water bottles from like any kind of stream, and it takes all the bacteria. Yeah. Out. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. So we ended up having to um, basically hike out and um, on no water, and <laughs> it ended up being a very expensive trip because. We had to find a hotel stay because we were planning on camping. Oh, oh my God. So you had to completely change. Yeah. You weren't prepared to just drink out of the creek? No problem. <laughs> I don't think I would chance it. But, I mean, we made the best of it. It ended up being a good trip. But That's a bitch. Yeah, if you're camping and you're going in deep and you're bringing yeah. all your stuff and you forget something, yeah. that, that's it. Santa, Santa brought me one of those. Uh, is it a life straw or something like that this yes. year? Like that, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like... Nervous about trying to, to use it, you know uh, what I mean? They do work. Okay, we tried it on the air here. Remember, because uh, I have a couple of my in my drawer right yeah. now. Yeah, uh, but the notion of putting a straw down to a, a creek a and creek. drinking, yeah, you you can. That's what they're for. I'm uh, scared. Yeah, you guys ever now? What she had said about all of a sudden they have to find a hotel. Um, <laughs> have you ever made a, a um a trip plan without plans? I mean, like yes. just go somewhere. Yes, and, ah, no. we'll just we'll get a room or whatever. And had that go sour on you? So I had uh, a room. I had plans and got there and it was a dump. Like, I think that the hotel was shut down. Yeah. Somebody like squatters had gone in and tried to run it as their own. I'm not kidding you. Oh, it was horrendous. It was absolutely ridiculous. So we had nowhere to stay and we had to drive around and find a place to stay. And we were in uh, Disney. So it was like, you know, it, it was crowded time. It was packed. You could, you can't just walk into a hotel in no. Disney and be like, do you have a room available? Right, sure. Right. And so, whatever is available is $3,000 or something, you know, one of the really exclusive expensive places. And yes. look, special rates for piercings. Uh, right. You guys know me. Like I like to uh-huh. be organized, yeah, yeah. set, ready to go. Like I have everything in place. If something goes wrong, I'm usually not, don't take it well um so i mean i was eventually able to find something we stayed in a hotel that was uh, a big pineapple <laughs> that's all i remember a big about pineapple it. yeah so it worked out was it spongebob's place or what no it was not it just has a giant pineapple it's still okay. there i forget the name of it marissa matt and i went to cuba and we only had hotel rooms for the first that's night and the right. last night dude that's yeah. insane <laughs> And like, and it got us one night. So we went from Havana, and what we didn't know was like, Cuban time is not like American time. Like in America, you can get anywhere you need or want to go at any point. 
what we didn't know is in Cuba, there's only so many cars that are like leaving one town and going back to Havana or to other things. So we ended up spending a lot of money and rode in a really crappy car with some guy who was like driving home and stopped on roadside to like pick up jelly and all these like very weird things. Jelly. How are you still alive? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You know, and Cuban then, jelly is famous. <laughs> Literally, uh. Steve, I will. I, I have to find a photo that people just stand on the side of the road with like cheese and jelly, and they just cut off a slice and like hand it to you. It was the weirdest. <laughs> ah. So, what about your accommodations? How did you? Where, where did so, you end up staying? So we, so we had um, traveled. Matt had never stayed at an all-inclusive resort before, so we ended up traveling to the coast, and we uh, were there for like two days. And then I think he realized, like, it's not really a a town per se. So we wanted to get out of there. But we couldn't get out of there. So we were trying to talk to the concierge and, like, find our way back to this other town we wanted to go to called Vinales, I think it was called. Um, So whatever happened is we ended up, like, getting in a car with one guy. Then he drove to his house. He picked up his dad because this ride that we were going to take was about six hours and the guy was scared he was going to fall asleep. Then when we got to the next town you don't actually have accommodations. You just knock on people's doors and do oh, like Airbnbs and F just that. see yeah. if they have a hotel room. Now, okay. <laughs> when you're, you're planning this trip to, to Cuba. Yeah. Why would you leave any dates open that you didn't have a place to stay and willingly go there? Because there... There was not a. We couldn't do a lot of research of where to stay or what to do in Cuba. Because then stay in the same place. Yeah, for yeah. that's what they didn't months. want to do. They that's... wanted to travel through. Yeah, and see wow, parts. great. That's nice that you want to do that. You're going to a communist country that they barely allow Americans to even travel to. Yeah, and and let's just wing it. We can do it. We want to see. Let's go out to the coast, have a good time. Yeah, come on. Marissa sitting in the car like uh, like Pacino and Godfather too. <laughs> Best trip of my life. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, sure. Sure. yeah of course. I would know. There's, no. There was only one point when we were at the resort where I was like, well, what if we just like sleep on the beach? It's like 8 o'clock. We have our bags. We'll just sleep on the beach, and we'll be up by like 5, 6 o'clock, and then we'll just go for the next day. Right. Yeah, we'll just, I mean, that that's a ballsy move. <laughs> I, I, you know. I wonder if you could have gotten in trouble for that there. Yeah, I figured because it was a resort, like somebody probably was doing laps and like would have shooed us and we'd have to keep moving. <laughs> yeah. um, that's where I realized where Matt is not as like a uh, fly by the seat of his pants as I am. <laughs> could you imagine knocking on it? doors? Can, can I stay with you? Yeah, right. Yeah. And First, like, do you speak English? Well, And can we stay here? We had to have our driver knock on people's doors and ask them because it was also like 10 or 11 o'clock at night and everybody only spoke Spanish. (laughs) You're out of your mind. Oh, man. I had family members go to, I was in Ireland and they were coming over to visit us. My uncle lived there. um, So I went first to visit him and then other family members were coming over and meeting us there. Uh, I had set up a place to stay. They did not. They, my uncle said, you can just come and stay at a bed and breakfast, which ended up working out but that's essentially what they did they drove down a road um from Galway to I, f- I forget where they were going Donegal maybe I forget um and they basically stopped knocked on doors do you have any rooms available went to the next one do you have any rooms available I mean this is like you know Jesus. They're, they're a little bit older yeah yeah and the the greatest part of this was they knocked on a door said do you have rooms available uh this place had a room available they walked in and my other family members who had already gotten there were at the same place. Oh, that's funny. No way. Just driving down the road, knocking on doors. When I was in college. That's not the way I would travel. No. There Steve, was a guy no. who was riding his bike from Georgia to Maine, 
and stopped at our fraternity house. It was like, can I sleep in your uh, in your common room? Really? Yes. And we let him. Yeah. Was we he a all... fraternity brother? No, we didn't know who this guy was. Convicted felon. Not well. He could have been yeah, Steve yeah. for all we know. I mean, this is nineteen ninety five, ninety six, something like that. You know, the internet wasn't dubbed the "Can I Stay with You" killer. But I mean, we hung with the guy for a little bit. But we all, you know, normally you don't lock your doors when you're sleeping. We all locked our doors that night. Of course. <laughs> I just realized where I got it from. It's from my dad because when my dad and I uh, decided on a whim to go to the Super Bowl in Jacksonville, um, we had no hotel room. We had no Super Bowl tickets. Uh, we just had a plane ticket, and we ended up in Gainesville was the closest hotel we could find. I'm a bit of a free spirit, but uh, Nick, your, your dad your dad used to room with the Manson family. What, 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 what? That's right. <laughs> yeah. He also, I mean, he hitchhiked across the country, and, you know, he's led a life of adventure, but that yeah. was also the 60s. Have you inherited any of that? Oh, would you, sure. Would you go? Yeah, I've gone to trips without booking places, yeah, yeah? in advance. No. But, but, um... <laughs> But you have a bit of a backup. I wouldn't do what Marissa did. I think that that's either uh, incredibly adventurous or a great recipe for getting. You murdered. would go to North Korea and like knock on doors. Uh, <laughs> now I wouldn't. I I wouldn't mind doing that solo. Yeah, uh, by myself. But if with I'm, the family, uh, family, no, it's impossible. No. Yeah, these are my impossible. kids. This is my wife. Right. No. Do you mind if? And can you feed us? Yeah. God, do you have any porn too? Yeah. You know, I left my bag at home. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, anyhow. Jesus. Well, and that's indeed what I did do this morning. I left my bag with all my all my prep, all the things I had ready to go for today's show. I left it at home. Didn't realize until I walked up to the door here to come into the building today. And I'm like, all right. And it's 35 minutes away. I barely enough time to get home and get back, but I did it. You have porn in that bag for crying like, out loud. Come on. Do, I got <laughs> porn in there. My kids Save could have been rummaging pants. through that for all yeah. I knew. All right. 1977. Anyhow, thank you for sharing the stories. We do appreciate it. We do have some stuff to get to. It's why I want to break now because we are about 10 minutes away from your chance to win $500 for the first time today. One out of seven, mind you. Yeah. With no sad dose, it will break, and we will come back with that. The Bizarre File, which I have in my briefcase, Ooh. I will share with you in a moment. Stay with us. Free MMR app for your phone. You can stream us live, get on demand audio and video, and we can even send you alerts on really important stuff. Plus, it's Android Auto and Apple CarPlay compatible. The MMR app, making your smartphone a little dumber. A little bit later on, Dr. Kenneth uh, Lacavar is going to be joining us, the official paleontologist of the Preston and Steve show. <laughs> Very prestigious. Uh-huh. He is a professor at Rowan University, and uh, it's all things dinosaurs and uh, of that time, and uh, there have been some discoveries lately. And some we major things. We haven't talked to him in a while, and so we'll uh, we'll catch up with him. It's fascinating stuff in the world of science. So we had that on the way, but right now we have this. 93.3 WMMR presents No Center. All right, I got a word for you, and this word is worth $500. It just might win you that cash. So here's the deal. The key word is check, C-H-E-C-K. You have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it. Three ways to do that via text to the special contest short code number, which is 45911, or to be entered for the $10,000 grand prize as well, you enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. The word check. One random entry wins $500 in our company-wide contest, and that person's going to get a call from Beasley. So be sure to answer your phone. Contest rules are available at WMMR.com. It is sponsored by Stakem. Once again, listen closely. 
The word is check. C-H-E-C-K. Good luck to you. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre Final. Brought to you this morning by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. You can download the DraftKings app and use the code ROCK to get in on the action. Uh, we'll start with a story out of Malawi. Uh, memes have apparently gone viral on social media in relation to an incident that happened there a few days ago. A 35-year-old man died while having sex with a sex worker, and the postmortem report revealed the death was caused by... And this is what it says. Oh, boy. Extreme orgasm. Extreme orgasm. That's according to the post-mortem report. Who wants to go out having an extreme (laughs) orgasm? Hands, please. Me. Uh, Malawians on social media started throwing jokes on the matter, with most saying that they are looking for answers as regards to what led to the climax of sexual excitement. Ah! That's it. Others, others, <laughs> others claim that the deceased took uh, orgasm-stimulating substances before the act. Which would be what? And right. where can I get them? And does it, Rite Aid have them? It doesn't say, but the incident has made several people conclude that uh, the district where this happened, the uh, Falambi district, has the women Falambi. that are skilled in bed. Apparently, they'll kill you. Where is Falambi, uh, and how often do flights leave for? Uh, Falambi is in Malawi. That's okay. all that I know. Falambi so, in Malawi. That's it, man. <laughs> a Brisbane woman had just sat down to enjoy her morning coffee when she looked up and discovered a man defecating in her neighbor's backyard. Hi, buddy. The stranger <laughs> seen squatting down to do his business alongside a fence in the trendy inner city suburb. Of New Farm is where this had taken place in Australia. Uh, Holly McIntyre could barely believe her eyes and quickly pulled out her phone to catch the man during uh, the dirty act. Was he crapping on his own yard? No, his neighbor's yard. Oh, his neighbor's yard. Okay, but or, or it, he was crapping on this woman's neighbor's yard, but it wasn't his own yard. Okay, she said, "I've only lived here for a month. It was not the welcome I was expecting." <laughs> Uh, he saw me when he walked away, but didn't seem phased by me, and I don't think this is his first public poop. It's not an Australian tradition. Ms. Uh, McIntyre, not that I know of, shared, Welcome the, to the, neighborhood. Uh, shared the video of the number two on the New Farm Community Facebook page detailing the extent of the man's deed. It's a cocky duty. And noted that he had even brought his own toilet paper with him. He's not a savage. Right. She says, seems he was prepared for this. And the incident follows on the uh, uh, on the form of the infamous poo jogger who was exposed by Bisbane residents just a year ago. Andrew McIntosh was charged with creating public nuisance after neighbors banded together to catch the man they believed had fouled their property up to 30 times in a year. 30 times? Yeah, so he was doing it regularly. Speaking of poop, this story's out of Shardlesville, PA. <laughs> Perfect. Our favorite named cities. Uh, But nearly 70,000 chickens perished early Thursday as fire swept through several buildings at a Pennsylvania farm. I I don't want to go home. Uh, Well, you know what? This is the third fire at at that farm in recent years. Well, you've talked about the the, the massive 
chicken death toll because of these raging fires. Well, we've we've had other ones. Other where places. Like, we're like 100,000 in here, though. Little madness stuff. Have, have happened, but this is the third fire at this farm in recent years. A fire in 2019 claimed the lives of more than 37,000 chickens. Outside the chicken farm, uh, not quite tied to the mooring mast. Oh, my God, it burst into flames! And it burst into flames, and the chickens are falling, falling to the ground! Gene Simmons on uh, location. Yes. Uh, chickens and a fire in 2015 had uh, destroyed an empty barn as well. How, what? 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 Why are these happening so frequently? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know what it is about those buildings that makes them susceptible to uh, catching fire. I mean, honestly, I, I do understand that it's sort of a perfect fit. It's like a popcorn factory going up. I mean, at, at the end, you have ed- edible results, but. Jesus. Uh, Fire Marshal was expected to investigate the case of the latest blaze. Wow. A Disney World ticket booker helped a Pennsylvania woman escape domestic violence. Wow. Uh, Police in Pennsylvania said that the booker could hear the woman who had called yelling, get off me and get away from me. Get away from me. Yes. Uh, The booker asked the woman if she was uh, calling because she needed a trip. And she replied that she wasn't. Get away from me. Uh, When the booker asked the woman if she needed help, the woman replied that she did. Get away from me, you crumb. Uh, Police arrived to her home on January 9th. The woman told police that she was arguing with her boyfriend, Wayne Shiflett, about his employment status. Uh, The woman said Shiflett choked her and she feared for her life. Record show Shiflett, who was charged with strangulation, terroristic threats, and intent to terrorize another. Dear God. Remained in the York County Jail on Sunday. Law enforcement authorities and experts have warned, though, against trying to reach 911 through a third party or coded language like a pizza order saying that some uh, people might not get the meaning. Yeah, yeah, I I try to be aware of all these things. Uh, Some departments now offer the ability to text 911. Now, I don't know is why she called a Disney uh, ticket broker. She's uh, a fan. But who knows? But nonetheless, worked out okay in the end. So some people will call restaurants and order and use some kind of coded message, or they'll call 911 and pretend they're calling something else. Oh, they'll pretend they left their bag at home. Which just happened to me this very morning. (laughs) All right, and then uh, we'll do one last story and wrap it up. Chinese rescuers on Sunday pulled to safety 11 workers who had been stuck 2,000 feet down in a gold mine for 14 days. I hadn't heard this story. With 10 others still lost and at least one dead. Mm. Hundreds of rescue workers and officials applauded as the 11 survivors were hauled up one by one in baskets from the mine. Uh, The rescued men shielded their eyes from the sun after being so many days in the darkness. Uh, The men who had been getting liquid food sent through a makeshift shaft were underground. Uh, They were uh, covered in coats amid freezing temperatures and put into ambulances. Uh, They were half of the 22 trapped since January 10th. When an explosion shifted an estimated 70 tons of debris, blocking the shaft, disabling elevators, and trapping workers at least 2,000 feet underground. I don't think I'd be good in that situation. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, one of the 10 appears to be Come trapped on, gang. on his own 325 feet down in rising water, so they're trying to get to them. So this story is not completely over as of yet. That's pretty wild. And that is what I have in the Bizarre File for Amazing you. stuff. All right. One more time. We have a chance to win $500, and you have about... Six minutes left to get on it. The word that you need to enter is check, C-H-E-C-K, and you can enter it through the uh, short code number we have, which is 45911, or through the MMR app, or through WMMR.com. Again, the word is check, C-H-E-C-K. Don't miss your chance. I want you to win this money. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Like what you hear? 
you can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Steven's brand new deep navy blue and sparkling 24 karat gold dipped twinkle twinkle rose is here. Don't miss out. Imagine the blue color of the sky just before the sun sets when you can start to see all the stars sparkling in the night sky. See Steven's exclusive twinkle twinkle rose now at IHateStevenSinger.com. Real jewelers, real roses with a real lifetime guarantee. Ship fast and free. Check out the entire collection of Steven's famous roses starting at only $59. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Stephen's brand new deep navy blue and sparkling 24 karat gold dipped twinkle twinkle rose is here don't miss out imagine the blue color of the sky just before the sun sets when you can start to see all the stars sparkling in the night sky see Stephen's exclusive twinkle twinkle rose now at IHateStevenSinger.com real jewelers real roses with a real lifetime guarantee ship fast and free check out the entire collection of Stephen's famous roses starting at only $59 that's IHateStevenSinger.com Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Another chance to win 500 bucks coming up around 10 o'clock. That will we be with, uh, of course, the No Sad Dough contest, so don't miss it. Uh, but I noticed this story yesterday. I thought it was... Oh, oh my God. I, I see it. you transforming right in front of my eyes. It's like magic. He's like a shapeshifter. Mm. Preston Elliott has become the noticer. I am now he notices no- things, so you don't have to. I try to His do. His noticing capabilities are beyond belief. Okay, we'll start with. He's going to notice things for us right now. Maybe you guys noticed this yesterday too, but uh, Bud did he notice Budweiser? Yeah, the uh, the first time in thirty seven years, the beer company will not be advertising during the Super Bowl, and and not the only one, right? Of the of some big companies, yeah, Pepsi and Coke are yeah. going to bail on it too. What, that, that's a mind blower. What yeah. is the reason? Um, it's. You know, uh, too expensive. They, they, all these companies have had you know Take losses. Uh, really, but... they're an al- they're alcohol. They, they've really taken a loss. Um, <laughs> I think they've they wonder... got an uptick. Is, is that have they specified the reason? I, I, I know that they're doing stuff related to uh, like you said yesterday. Budweiser was doing stuff related to uh, uh, vaccine yeah. awareness. Yeah. yeah, so they're gonna they're they're gonna take that money uh, that would have been spent, or at least some of it, on a commercial slot. Reported five point six million six million dollars. Uh, from the event to support critical COVID-19 vaccine awareness okay. with donations and future ad campaigns. Uh, the pandemic forced Budweiser to rethink its marketing approach. Uh, according to the vice president of marketing, they said uh, 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 as the alcohol industry reeled from the sudden shutdown of bars, restaurants, and big events, uh, the brand wanted to be proactive in promoting vaccine awareness since it will eventually lead back to normalcy. So, I mean, listen, they probably still made enough, but they yeah. could have made more with real, restaurants yeah. and bars and all that being So open. They're, they're looking at this as an investment in yeah. getting things back to normal, so getting it on the other side. So yeah. rather than on a, on a Super Bowl that probably isn't going to be as Super Bowlery as one's past, um, they're looking, okay, so we'll just invest this and see what we can do about getting things back to normal. Uh, some of Budweiser's planned advertising airtime uh, this year will be given to the Ad Council and COVID Collaborative's Vaccine <laughs> Education Initiative. Well, maybe this is the first year we run an ad during the Super Bowl if, if the prices start to come down on the spots, right, Preston. Right. Uh, last year, both organizations forged a partnership to educate the public about the vaccine's safety and effectiveness. Budweiser is donating a million dollars worth of ad inventory on TV, radio, and other places sure. to the organizations for future ads. How about No Sad Bowl? Ooh. There you go. Come on. I like That's a million dollar ads. idea that hopefully they charge us a thousand dollars for. Uh, ahead of the game, Budweiser is also rolling out a new online ad this week, narrated by Rashida Jones. 
highlighting uh, people coping with the virus and a group of healthcare workers that were among the first people in the U.S. to receive the vaccine. Uh, it's only giving away free beer on a. Uh, it's also giving away free beer on a dedicated website, uh, which I don't know much about. Uh, but yeah, Coca Cola. And Pepsi both announced in recent weeks they will not be buying ads during the Super Bowl. That's interesting. I wonder what the the commercial load will look like for uh, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, you know, if it's going to be, and also because the Super Bowl impact had been diminishing a, a bit over the the past couple of years. Yeah. Right. We talked about it. Right. It wasn't the big thing that it was because of the leaks online of the ads yeah. ahead of the game. It says here the sports spectacle has been struggling to attract the degree of advertising demand it usually draws because the pandemic's economic effects on companies, on you know all of companies' uh, bottom lines. Uh, so yeah, hmm. some people are bailing, and I wonder what that will mean for the rates. Are they going to drop the rates to some extent? They would think so. I think so, and I think they can uh, yeah direct that money to radio. You know, yeah. By the way, going back to the the Super Bowl, I was talking about it earlier this morning, and the people that are singing the national anthem and the uh, America the Beautiful and all that. Apparently, Eric Church is a juggernaut. He is in yeah. country music. So, I just, so you're not into it. country music. Yeah, for, so, for how long has he been around? Oh, I, like, I said I didn't know who he was. At least a decade, maybe more. I've, okay. I've seen him live. Listen, he's one of those guys that you wouldn't hate. And, and well, I do hate country music. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, how do you feel about Sturgill Simpson and that that like I don't country, know who that is. Country <laughs> rock. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna give I up don't, the argument. I mean, I can, no, I can I lie and go, well, how do you feel about Kenny Chesney? time with him. I don't know. What? Kenny Chesney, does that do anything yeah, for you? Yeah, but I couldn't tell you any songs the guy does. I can tell you one song. What? And that, well, it's called, like, Get Along or something like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know. I can song. tell you one song. It's called, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think I, it's called Get Along. Yeah. There, there uh, are aspects of Southern rock that you don't hate, and so I guess I'm appealing to that uh, side yeah, of you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and and there are parts of Eric Church that I find to be uh, entertaining. Southern Rocky, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Southern yeah. Rocky. Yeah, he stinks. Yeah, it's right, it stinks. Yeah. It's my new song, Drinking Stain. Oh no, it's Southern Rocky. That it was. Yeah, actually, Dolly Parton wrote yeah. that song. <laughs> Dolly Parton, I know. Thank you for remembering. I yeah. actually found found myself uh, interested in the Super Bowl itself this year for the first time in a while. I, the last is that because years, of the hybrid nature of it, or well, the, the I, weird I nature of it? The, the Tom Brady in a new team playing at home thing is appealing to that me. That is pretty cool, and um, and I like a stadium that has a pirate ship with a cannon attached to it. <laughs> that is that you've seen that right, Preston? <laughs> no. It is yeah. awesome. Yeah. They have like this. I don't know, know how how you know deep it goes, but it's a, it's a pirate ship up in the up in the the uh, the, the stands. And it's it's pretty tricked out. It looks good, but okay. I, I think I'll actually tune into the game itself. And 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 I find that I, Tom Brady is really um, polarizing for a lot of people. I know people love to hate him, uh, but I, I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. So I'm interested to see how he does. And, I mean, and I'm also interested to see what the stadium itself is going to look like with however many people that they let in. I know it's going to be the 7,500. What did uh, you watch? Healthcare workers, but I was a, a little turned off by the number of people who were at Arrowhead over the weekend and right. Bay. I, to me, that's a lot, but you know, that's just my my humble opinion on it. I'm, how many people were at those stadiums? Well, Lambeau didn't have as much as the one in Kansas City did, and and so I know they're both both outdoors, but um, Lambeau was much more sparsely populated than than Arrowhead was. Okay, yeah, because I thought it was in the seven thousand range. I don't, um, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Steve, um, they're not going to be able to do Drinkenstein at the Super Bowl because it was uh, brought to you by Budweiser. You uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I agree. I, there, there is that, that fascination of 10 times to the Super Bowl, which is pretty wild for Tom Brady. 
All right, so uh, I noticed something else, and this... uh, You can't even stop noticing. No. I noticed a viral fashion trend of 2021, and I have to ask Kathy about this. The the Amazon legging? Mm. Oh, is it the butt? Yeah. Okay, wait. I have a story about this. Okay, so should I describe it first, or Uh, do you want to go for it? uh, Yeah, no, go ahead. Describe it. it. All right, so... So apparently it is um, uh, their workout pants or a particular style of workout pants. But but Amazon legging is apparently like a catch-all description of workout pants. Um, but sold by a number of different manufacturers. Um, uh, is your ass exposed? Well, no. So it's compression gear. Uh-huh. And it's a signature design that features that, that has a lot of people talking. So the leggings have a dart-like waistband, which points right down to your butt crack. Like, it just accentuates okay. the butt. It kind of has this, um, like, piping uh, material. So to shunt the farts away. <laughs> God, you're the worst. I can't, yeah. even, I can't even tell a story. And the, the texture on some of them I've seen, Kathy, kind of look fishnetty. They, they look kind of sexy. Uh, so the ones that I've oh, seen. Okay. yes, I've seen these. I like these. Oh. Yeah. We just found a um, picture here. And so, yeah, people are describing them like, the, so there's a whole um campaign. There's a hole right there. No, there's a campaign, like a, a social media campaign where these influencers, they say, I did it. I did it. I bought the Amazon leggings. And so I was scrolling through um, TikTok and I'm just look, and one pops up and I'm like, wait a minute. Who is that? Do you remember our old intern, Brooke? She had blonde hair. She was like super workout girl. Oh, fitness girl. Fitness yes, girl. Yes, absolutely. It was her. No. It was yeah. our intern. And it was a random Amazon ad. And I was like, wow. Huh. Oh, and Brooke damn, was modeling? And, and it was Brooke. Yeah. And she was like, I did it. I bought the Amazon leggings. She showed her booty in the leggings. Was she and- the one that the video on Ryan and Kelly the one time? No, no, no. That's that a was different a different one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this okay. is Brooke right here, Preston. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, she, her very fit. Her in, uh, Instagram is Brooke Morris. With she was our S's. intern. Yeah, yep. yeah. She and I think she went to um, Newman. Right so out. she did stuff with like the the video crew too for her camp out and when we did Christmas Miracle and all that. So she's right. she was she, she was a modeling them for she was as an influencer. Or was, just her own personal. And it was oh, no, it wasn't yeah, even yeah, her yeah. account. It came from whoever um, was selling these or whatever the huh. ad was. It was a huh. sponsored ad. It was not from her account. And yeah, and she popped up. I remember because uh, in, in the face she looked a little bit like uh, uh, Kate um, uh, from the surf movie uh, Blue Crush. Bosworth, Kate, a little bit like Kate Bosworth. I thought. And okay. I, I was just watching her last night and win a date with Tad Hamilton. Oh wow. <laughs> Um, oh, I watched her the other night in a terrible movie called uh, Homefront. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so can we go back to the leggings? Yes. Yeah, so, please do. Can I try them on? For, yes. I'll Are model you, them. Please. We need to get a pair of them. But I, I kind of want to try a pair, too. Uh, it's supposed to make your it, it makes your butt pop a little Cause bit. I don't, yeah, I kind of need that. You need a little more, <laughs> need a little more Heine, Kathy. No, but I'm thinking maybe a little, like, condense it. <laughs> You mean repackage it? I don't know. Yeah, maybe don't repackage it. Yeah. I, well, while I was looking at this story, I went on and I saw a girl who seemed to have like an average size butt, and then she put these on and it looked like it. Pow! Pow! Yeah, to oh me. my God, my ass would look yeah, it would. enormous. Um, I might get them. They're, they're like 
they're not expensive. That's the thing, though. That's why I haven't purchased them is because a lot of times you see this and then you get them and you're not going to look like me, those girls. Yeah, Let me ask 12, you. 12 to $28 yeah, is, like, is the price. That's are, fairly cheap. Are they viable? Are they good for working out, though, or are they just a fashion statement? They, I they, don't they, know. They, they don't look like they'd be particularly good for working out. All right, so I, I had a, a gal who had uh, tried them out who wrote this article. She said after months of sitting on her butts, the Amazon leggings uh, feel like the strangest mix of trying too hard and totally giving up on style. They also aren't the least bit durable. My pair had sliver-like holes in the knee after a half-assed 30-minute workout. Oh, okay. So there we go. See, I was wondering, because it is that mesh, and I wonder how, you know. Well, that was only the one style that That's just the pattern on it. It's not mesh. It just looks like that. Okay. You know know how jeggings can can look like jeans? Sure, sure. It's that type of thing, so it's not mesh. The whole idea, though, is to make your ass just explode with assiness. Uh, It says here that the butt dart uh, resembles an 80s-era over-the-pants thong. Look. Oh. Yeah, remember those? Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. why it's kind of accentuating, like, the butt crack. Yeah, girls used to do that, right? Wear, like, satiny-type uh, leggings and then put a thong on over top of it? Or yeah, that was, was that just part of the pattern? No, that the... was, like, the, like, you mean in the 80s? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, like, the workout outfit. No, yeah. it, it, that's what it was. It was leggings underneath a, a thong bodysuit. I always thought that was pretty sexy. When you see that look, you immediately know you're talking about the 80s. The, the look that I remember for a while, which seemed totally weird and bizarre, was the... Um, the the thong straps pulled up above, above the, the jeans. jeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They had the whale tail, which would come up the back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyhow, Good these are days. this is the Amazon legging. By the way, hold on. Here's the text. It says, "Oh my God, Amazon leggings are amazing." <laughs> oh, what? I bought my. Tell me, girl. Is that Bill? No, it's a guy. Oh. I bought my girlfriend <laughs> them. They are amazing. If you don't have a butt, they give you a butt. Huh. See, I don't have a butt. I should try those on. Well, yeah. Let's Casey order a I, pair. We should order some. The Let's Am- all try them the same is, pair on. What is the actual? It's just the Amazon legging. Is that the name of it? I don't know, Kath. It's it like this, it per- this person said it's a catch. Uh, it's kind of a catch-all description. Yeah. Um, so maybe do a search on Amazon legging, but it'll probably just take you to Amazon.com. I've actually been wearing uh, leggings a little bit more often these days. Um, <laughs> to make your booty pop? No. Uh, bike riding, bike riding, or jogging outside in this weather. Hey, I don't necessarily know. I mean, I guess they're called leggings. I, I would let me ask you a serious deck. question. Yeah. Would, you, would you ever wear pantyhose? Uh, because I've heard we've talked about this in the past, where like construction workers, yeah. uh, will wear pantyhose in the winter for warmth. Uh, no, would I mean, would them? I ever? If it was the only option, yeah. What I, if you I mean, wanted to feel sexy? If I wanted to feel sexy, I'll wear something else. Okay. If it was the only option, of course I would. But I have, uh, I have these uh, Nike. I, I think they're both Nike. I, I they're leggings. Okay. You know what I mean? They are, Casey. Yeah. They're, they're, they're leggings. It's yeah. odd to call it for a man, but right. they are leggings. And I, I believe the description when you purchase them are are leggings. I'm Casey, I'm Cassandra. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Bam Bam wears legs. Football player. He wears female, but he wears, yeah. he wears women's legs. Yeah, he goes what to Casey's Deb. talking about is like, you know, is much different. It was, it was the big thing for the for a while for football players. I don't know if they still do to, to wear the, uh, the, the, pantyhose. the pantyhose under there. Yeah. Well, the basketball players will wear the leggings, too. Speaking of football players, I saw these leggings that I just thought were super sexy, and they are designed to look like uh, professional football pants, right? So, like, whatever the Eagles wear yeah. on, on Sunday or whatever, they 
design-wise, look like that, but they're actually leggings. For I love those. men or women? No, they're for women. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they're sexy for men, too. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. do you think that you guys would fit in a size large? Well, what's the waist size? They're leggings. There isn't a waist size. Yeah, there is, though. <laughs> um, sure. All right. Yeah. You order something? Okay. I'll oh, probably go. Are you ordering for yourself? But I'm not shopping in January. Oh, it's okay. It's for work, right? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. You've, uh, you've... I'm, not, I'm, not buy, I'm not purchasing anything. And really? she's growing a mustache. Right now. Did you tell it. us about that already? Steve, God, he's such a jerk. <laughs> um, I did it last year. I don't know if we talked. I don't think we it's talked like about it. It's like dry January for dry, you, right? Yeah. And not spending any money other than huh. like what's necessary. Okay. Wow. To survive. Good to you. You know, like shoes and leggings. Yeah. Just essentials. Just essentials. Like. Succulents. And brand new shoes. Yeah, brand new shoes. Uh, if you don't call them leggings, people are texting and you can call them compression pants. Yeah. Compression pants. You can do that. Have you ever tried any of that compression stuff? Compression uh, socks and things of that nature? No. I have. Yeah. And? Uh, I didn't notice anything. I found them uncomfortable. Well, Dr. Mike, doesn't he endorse or... He did a while ago. He did it with copper. Uh, Dr. Oz. Yeah. It was like yeah. copperware or copper yeah. or something. If yeah. you are made of copper, copper those were the socks you'd wear. Um, no. I've, I mean, I wear um, long underwear when it's cold out. You know, that's really... It's essentially leggings, you know, yeah. or compression type of material, but... I like long underwear. I don't like compression stuff. I will wear that, yeah, when it gets... When it definitely gets cold out. Uh, like when we go to... to Cardboard classic or something like that. I put on long underwear underneath. Uh, if and it's over- Jackie would stand there. And, oh my god! Uh, I don't get it. Just like he nothing. Yeah. No gloves. No real jacket. Ass hanging out. Ass hang. Butt crack hanging yeah. out. I don't know how he the did it. The full contour of his junk. Yeah. I mean, visible. So you knew there was no the the the, the, the thinnest of fabric between his uh, out there long and hours. the uh, elements for hours. Like how does that? that ha- how does it not fall know. off? I don't know. All right, uh, here's some other things uh, that I didn't notice. Uh, we're going to talk about death for a moment. It's very, very sad. It is. A Las Vegas billionaire is offering a reward of nearly a million dollars to anyone who can find proof of life after death. I saw this. Robert Bigelow is his name. He's uh, 75. He's the CEO of space station module startup Bigelow Aerospace and recently founded the Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies to support research into what happens after we die. Is this a division of Bigelow T? Uh, I don't know. Man, they're advertising a lot lately on Jeopardy. They really are. <laughs> it's crazy. I do like that. Oh, great. They got a lot of ad dollars. He found he founded the institute in June, four months after his wife died. So I think he might have been motivated. Sure, by that. I understand that a billion dollars. Yeah, he he. Uh, no, no, a million. Oh, okay. he's a billionaire. It's like a- Billion. No, it's a million. Well, a billion is like a million. <laughs> it's like a million, but it's like a, billion. a lot less. <laughs> All right, so a million dollars. So he notes on the website that we are seeking hard evidence beyond a reasonable doubt that takes us beyond religion or philosophy and provides right. a body of knowledge to be brought widely into the public arena that could be unifying in its impact on human awareness and culture. Do you think I would qualify for this money were I to send him a copy of the movie Ghost? <laughs> He would have to at least consider. Oh my God! Right. Maybe at least cover the cost of the movie. Yes, I'll bought. send the movie yeah. and I'll yeah. just write one simple note. <laughs> so ditto. To, to be eligible, here's a deal. So if, if you want to send ghosts, this okay. is the, the eligibility requirements. Uh, entrants must qualify as serious researchers by February 28th. That I can't do. A must uh, and must submit scientific studies of up to 25,000 words before August 1st. They probably say 25,000 words in the movie Ghost, right? I think so, yeah. If you send them the script and the Rotten Tomatoes review. Right. 
a panel of judges made up of specialists will then choose the winner. Who are the specialists? That I don't know. Okay. Uh, I the... assume uh, Paul Abdul, the usual, Simon <laughs> Cowell, Randy Jackson. Uh, the winning essay will receive $500,000. Second place will get $300,000. And a third place winner will get $150,000. The website states the goal of the essay contest is to award contestants for writing papers that summarize the best evidence available for the survival of human consciousness mm. after permanent, permanent bodily death. So I've always subscribed to the notion that we are electrochemical energy, energy and energy mm-hmm. cannot be destroyed once it's created. What form it takes, whether it is a soul, whether it is, you know, if something that goes on after the physical shell passes, I don't know. Right. I have some ideas. I, you know, I, I would like to think that there's something that perhaps ties us to the universe in a more connected way afterwards. You know, Houdini, when he passed, you know, yeah. it was, it was the, the, the thing is, is his, his uh, widow was charged with, you know, there was a message that she was supposed to hear from right. psych, se- the seances and psychics. She went around debunking a lot of those things. Yeah, he she, was. There she was, never there got was, the message. Yeah, there was one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was going to be conveyed that would prove oh, wow. conclusively mm-hmm. if if he was able to to uh, connect with her. So if there, it was Drinkenstein. <laughs> it was Drinkenstein. I didn't know that. God, Okay. Do you think that if there was proof beyond a reasonable doubt that there was life after death? Yes. That that would be a good thing or a bad thing for society? Um, <laughs> that's, that's a big question. That is man. a deep, big question. Uh, it's hard to say, you know, because... That's like the question, how much can you bench? Well, like like you take the movie Contact, uh, where yeah. it becomes a religious right. uh, uh, debate. Yeah. Um, and I never once had considered that that would be mm-hmm. something that would be considered and contested and thought about if there was conclusive evidence that there was some form of proof of life elsewhere. And I'm like, wow, you know, I, I, I just, on a basic sense, I'd be like, that'd be amazing. But then I didn't think about... The lifetime of belief that would be challenged by information like that and how complicated and confusing and, and controversial that would be uh, to human existence. It's like a billion. It's like a billion. It is like a billion. Uh, I would say so. So, yeah, Casey, it'd be, it'd be a trip. It'd be, it, would, it would not be simple. We no are question. starting mm-hmm. to get things declassified pertaining to UFOs mm-hmm. and things that have been discovered. And things that are coming out that yeah. are more than just simply like a dude sitting with Reynolds wrap on his head that's saying, Woo, there might be, you know, there's there's some some more on, on the level of uh, inexplicable stuff. And and the, the, the mindset has always been pressed in that um, are people ready for this? Could could the country survive if they knew? Could people in general survive if they knew that was going on? Yeah. So you raise a question that is the, the age old question. How would you react? I think knowing that there was something. Well. Past life would be encouraging for most people, unless you've had a crappy life. Yeah, the reason so. r- the reason I ask is if you know there is you know no consequences for your actions here, then why be good? Well, okay. So if you're saying that there's a definitive answer of, of, as uh, as whether or not you're judged after you die, and that's a whole different thing. Well, that's uh-huh. a different thing. Yeah. Just yeah. proof that there is life after is. And if you can get if you use the pool, you get to use the pool. Yeah, after. yeah. Well, you got to earn that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would imagine the rewards <laughs> program. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I just I, I think I subscribe to the notion that there are just some things that are unknowable. Yes, sure. and uh, that we will never know. And I, I, I Steve, I, I 
completely agree with you that, you know, it's cool to see where our knowledge goes yeah. and what we're able to gain and, and things that we're finding out about deep space that we never thought we would find out about, no, right? That's, exactly. that's fascinating to me. But to me, those things are knowable. The The question of life after death, I don't know. Like, I, I laud this guy for his efforts, but I don't know how he could ever prove any of those things. Yeah, no, the, but, well, but I you have know a Blu-ray. Well, there there right. are, uh, and, and I have I have the stat on that in just a moment, okay. but hang on a second. Uh, there, there are interesting things that are being bandied about in science fiction and have been for a long time, actually, that, dude, you never know. The ability with, with, uh, with artificial intelligence on the rise and maybe being able to eventually take our consciousness and put it into, um, a computer form, a, uh, you know, some type of a hard drive or something like that. You know, you've seen Black Mirror and there's a couple of books and things like that that flirt with that. As we continue to uh, uh, to evolve, maybe that technology becomes available, and that is a form of life after death. It's bizarre. Let yeah. me tell you something. It's bizarre. <laughs> in my re- my recent readings and things like this, and and my level of cynicism about certain things has increased, and also my belief that we're there in a lot of like there are things. If so many times I said, "Well, how would you ever do that?" and they do it. And you find out so so I have yes, Preston, that notion of taking what is the essence of your intellect or who you are uh-huh. and storing it, you know, we hear these little things that are, but you don't realize they're laboratories and it's it's trillion dollar potential, you know, to mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and of course the megalomaniacs that want to, you know, the the great the Dr. Frankensteins of our time who want to live on in some other form, yes, that that could be we could be well along on that and not even know. I mean it's like when you first saw the Boston Dynamics dog running around you and, oh, hell. That's a bad idea. That's how far along they are. Mm-hmm. And then that, and then you see the full standing robotic human who's dancing. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yep. I mean, forget it. Yeah, I know. It's I know. over. I know. And it's interesting how you do look back at... Nothing si- is over! At, <laughs> at, ...at science fiction and those things that were science fiction right. that do become science fact eventually because maybe uh, you know the scientists the engineers were inspired by their stories to go maybe we can really do that and I, then they start working on it think, and it happens I you think know? many is the time is that so the sort of the, the 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 speculative fiction lays out sort of a what if yeah. and scientists say what if let's yeah. go for it yeah, it's pretty they wild go for it so i don't <laughs> it all comes back Seriously. to Stallone robot dogs hey. go for it <laughs> it always comes You're back to right. hey can i point out since we're all yeah. over the map yeah, yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna leave the by the way steve uh ghost including uh characters names and stage direction is twenty five thousand seven hundred three words so it would qualify yay all right Boy, thank you to marissa god knows how she came up with that stat but she found it i'm on i'm well i'm on the road to easy street then all right i'm gonna talk about rocky for a moment this right, is completely guys. different here uh, this thing. is gonna prove an afterlife it might. So in uh, uh, Rocky Three, right? When, and and I would have to go back. And this is me saying this without checking on this. Fighting Clubber, Clubber Lang. Lang. So 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 you know, and and Apollo becomes his trainer. Yes, and he tells him how he needs the eye of the tiger. I mean, right. that's the, the whole theme of the right. of the movie. He says to him, and I and I got to go back and see it. Whether he says either the first time you fought me or the second time you fought me. You had the eye of the tiger, which 
in their face-off, he doesn't at all. Before the fight, Rocky's no. kind of shying away and looking away from him. And, he is, and, yeah. And kind of looking at the ref and nodding. Right, and, right. and I'm like, that wasn't the eye of the tiger. No, no. But I'd have to see the second movie uh, to, when when they fought again if he, he, if Stallone seemed more confident in the face-off I, or not. I'd have to see that. Damn it. And, and you bringing up the... Doing the Rocky, it is it is sort of a yeah. He is sure. he's more timid because he's facing off against basically Muhammad Ali, right? And he is um, he is uh, blown away, o- overwhelmed. In the second one, which is the rematch, which wasn't supposed to happen, he's dealing with all sorts of other issues like uh, the birth of a child and, and, and medical issues. Yeah, and, and he he was sort of. Not at his top for right. that either. Right. Well, is that what goddamn movie does he have the eye of the top? He never does. He's always fighting uphill when he goes into the well. Ring. No, when when he when he faced Clubber, he finally had it. In because because well, uh, Apollo talked. But that's to, the first time with Clubber. Uh, did they fight twice in that movie? That's that's when uh, that's when Mickey dies. In they, Rocky Three, yeah. God, I gotta go back. <laughs> He did have yeah. it. All right, so, so hang yeah. on. Did I have the tiger? Was that written for the first movie or the second one? The first movie. It was written for Gone with the Wind. They, were, they, they weren't even a band when the first movie That's what I out. thought. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or right. the second. They were just babies. Yeah. All right. Anyway. I just, I, I didn't know. It's like a billion. Is, is it like a billion? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let me notice The movie of the tiger. Let me uh, notice something else right. before... I think we solved a lot of things here. Well, we figured we, 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 we definitively we... proved that there's life after death. Absolutely, so. through vis-a-vis Sylvester Stallone. And, uh, and Ghost. And uh, Rocky III. Uh, let me see if I have one more story to mention. Which one is it going to be? What's it going to be, boy? Yes. <laughs> or... All right. How about this? If you have an iPhone 12... Uh, although Apple has long acknowledged that its iPhone 12 lineup and MagSafe accessories may interfere with medical devices such as pacemakers and defibrillators, mm-hmm. it released additional guidance for people to, who use medical devices on Saturday. Stop using them. No, it says keep your iPhone 12 and MagSafe accessories a safe distance away from your medical devices. I didn't know this. So if you have a pacemaker, an iPhone can mess with it, or at least a new one. That's not good. No, I, Apple explains that the iPhone 12 contains magnets as well as components <laughs> and radios that emit electromagnetic fields. Uh, the company also stated that all its MagSafe accessories contain magnets as well. Thanks, Apple. And that its uh, MagSafe charger and MagSafe Duo charger contain radios. I don't even know what a MagSafe is. So um, I believe it's it's a it's a charging aspect of it, so that you you know you you like a cordless charging uh, thing that allows you to. The MagSafe is well. They're saying that this this one sure. is safe from magnets, uh, so you can use. Uh, there's like magnet attachments, like if you wanted to uh, attach. Um, like a wallet to it, oh, to I didn't the know back that case. of it. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. So then I misspoke. Yeah, it's a it's a quick attach accessory. Okay, I guess that can can like, charge it like tape. But the, the hospitals used to have all of the hospitals used yes. to have signs saying that you couldn't use your phone. Yeah. while in the hospital, do they still have that? Is that still a thing? That's a good question. And somebody I, break a leg so we can send you to the hospital. <laughs> I see people all the time using phones. I never didn't understand why. I mean, you, you see, like the doctors your... and the nurses using their yeah. phones. So. I, I, 
my thought was, okay, well, it's not going to me- like I used to think it's going to mess with the equipment. I don't want to kill, uh, you know, Mr. Smith on my yeah. way through because my phone's on. I had heard you could put it on airplane mode and it would be okay, uh, but I never did find out the reason why. What equipment they have around there that well, might be there are some vagaries surrounding all of that, like on the plane. Well, that's I, as I was I've saying, left even- my phone on and we never crashed. Well, <laughs> yeah, like on on the plane, they say yeah. put it on airplane mode, but what what happens if you don't? <laughs> Well, I okay. But I mean, I can it interfere? Like I do because I'm like, it's going to interfere, and then I'm going to crash the plane. Yeah, or it more than likely will crash the luggage plane that's right. flying behind. That's it. behind. It will. They'll crash into our plane. While an inconvenience, it's not necessarily a tragedy. Exactly. You know, So, but although there is a pilot that could die in the in the you know about that? Is that a drone or the it's baggage a drone. plane's a drone? It's a no. Boston Dynamics okay. dog. All right. She thought there was a pilot flying it. Um. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I never have had it. Nick, can you do me a favor and and see why you shouldn't use cell phones at uh, yes. hospitals? Because I am curious as to what that is. So how do you make a Monte Cristo? Uh, what's that? I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, Preston knows how to do that. How to do a what? How to make a Monte Cristo? Oh, a Monte Cristo. <laughs> I thought you said how to make a monkey crystal. <laughs> I'm like, what's monkey crystal? <laughs> I don't know, but that's. I think we have an Indiana Jones journey. Uh, let's see here. The reason cell phones may interfere, uh, with critical care equipment such as ventilators and, uh, external pacemakers. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, With that yeah. in mind, uh, they support the practice of keeping cell phones at least, uh, about three feet away from medical equipment or hospital beds. So it might mess with, yeah, defib- defibrillators and pacemakers. Okay, that's okay. from 2007. I got chastised once at the hospital. I was getting an MRI, and I brought my throwing knife collection. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Did you ask if you could do that ahead of time? Or... I just thought they'd want to see it. <laughs> when I go in for an MRI, and you say, you have to fill out the information. Do yeah. you have any spring implants? Right, right, yeah. Blah, 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 this and that. And I know that I don't. Are you a robot? But I still go, all right, am I sure that it... Because I I, the last thing I'd want is something come flying out of my skin. Yeah, spring to blow through your chest. Yep. I always think of the penny that I swallowed when I was like six years yeah. old. I'm like... I wonder if that's still in <laughs> it's, it's like uh, when Magneto puts the coin through Kevin Bacon's yes. head. You never got uh, confirmation that it passed? No, I just I probably forgot about it. I never said anything to anybody because I was warned about putting money in my uh, mouth. Don't you ever tell anyone about this. Right, right. Okay, well, anyhow, if you have uh, an iPhone 12, keep it away from your defibrillator or if you have a your uh, pacemaker. A pacemaker. That could be not good for you. Uh, random phone call. This is Adam who is on the line. Adam, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, sir. How hey, are you doing? why are you giggling? Because <laughs> I just won $500 on MMR. The man did it. Oh, he did it. He is our no sad, no winner for this hour. Feel pretty good, Adam? Yeah. Excellent, man. What do you do for a living, Adam? I work for Amtrak doing rail car repair. Oh, no oh, kidding. nice. Excellent, man. Well, it's a little chilly out there these days, so stay warm. But 500 bucks, you stick that in your wallet. That's a little more insulation for you. Uh, where are you from, Adam? Gibstown, New Jersey. All right, my man. Thank you for listening to MMR. And we are more than happy to give you $500 for being such a loyal listener to the radio station. All right, my man? Thank you. I love you guys. All right. Thank you. Let's for Adam, guys. Nice yeah. job. Hey. All right. We are going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. We have a guest joining us, the official paleontologist of the Preston and Steve <laughs> show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 93.3 WMMR has been to some strange places. And now we're at radio.com. Come visit.
the um, motivation to request an interview from this next gentleman was because an article I saw was titled, Scientists Have Described a Dinosaur's Butthole in Exquisite Detail. Yes. I'm like, we need an expert on this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it is a the story of the, and I don't even know how to pronounce this, uh, this particular dinosaur. Asasaurus. Uh Sitacosaurus, I think, or a Sitacosaurus or something. Ooh, that sounds like. good. Tacosaurus, man. Yeah. That would be a great name for a restaurant, right? Tacosaurus? Tacosaurus. Two Tacosauruses and one pterodactyl martini. Oh, man, I'm getting my mouth is watered now. But anyhow, I actually saw a handful of stories survive concerning dinosaurs and so on. So we figured, hey, let's get the official paleontologist of the Preston Steve show on the program this morning. Yeah, we have our own. Uh, he is a professor at Rowan University. He's made all kinds of exciting discoveries uh, in our area as yes. well, which is pretty amazing. We love him to death, Dr. Kenneth Lacavara. Yeah. This morning, Dr. Ken, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Nice to be back with you guys. Oh, wonderful to talk to you. Hey, so did I? How bad did I butcher that dinosaur's name? You know, I think you got it right on the second try. It's Satacosaurus. 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 It okay. does sound good, doesn't it? But I, I like the taco source. That's got a source would just be this enormous taco. Yeah. So I, I read this article, uh, which was intriguing in the fact that they have a very detailed description, and it is the mo- it is according to this article the most detailed description yet of a non-avian dinosaur's uh, cloaca, the catch-all hole used for peeing, pooping, mating, and laying eggs. Is this is this thundering news across the world of paleontologists? <laughs> Well, a little bit. So the uh, the cloaca doesn't usually preserve, right? They're, those are soft parts. Um, so before this, we didn't really know what the dinosaurs had under the hood. Right. Um, but we can make inferences from birds. Birds are dinosaurs. That's why that article says non-avian dinosaurs. The avian dinosaurs are the birds. And we know that 97% of birds have a cloaca, meaning that the the males do not have a penis. Only about 3% of bird species have males with penises. Mm-hmm. Um, so it appears that this dinosaur, the, the Cetacosaurus, had a cloaca, but that still doesn't answer the question for all dinosaurs. There, there may have been species that, you know, had the other setup as well. So okay. so in, in speaking, when we're talking about a, a, a an all-purpose exit um, for urine and, and uh, feces and all of that, as well as a, a sexual port, or no? Yeah, everything. Uh, cloaca is actually gr- Greek for sewer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Term. Check out the uh, sewer on that chick. <laughs> but like chickens, for example, the the, the rooster, the cock, um, actually doesn't have one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let that one go. All right. Okay. He's right, though. He's they, a man of science. He's a doctor. Please. I'm a man of science. Yes. They have a cloaca, and so the way they uh, mate is it's it's known, uh, unfortunately, as the uh, cloacal kiss. So oh. <laughs> so they get those two kind of ports together, okay. and, and that's where the sperm is. I've never known that. I've, I've always no. curious. So there's, there's, no, there's no penetration of sorts going on. It's kind of a just a, a kiss, a and, kiss. And, and swapping of fluids. Correct. So, so to you get, look at and to butt get kiss was the name of Rocky's butt dog. Butt kiss was the name of Rocky's dog. 
Is there anything that pugilists did not know? Let me. Let, so, so would we be correct? That's right, it stinks. In Doctor Ken, uh, uh, Professor Ken, in, in paleontologist Ken, to, to say um, that there is some sort of um, mashing of these particular ports that uh, that transfers the uh, the the semen or sperm or whatever. Yep. Okay. So All right. That's what we think. I mean, you know, we don't we don't know conclusively because okay. obviously you say these are the first things to deteriorate once these uh, these uh, these uh, beasts passed away. Right. Normally, we only find the skeletons or or parts of the skeleton, um, and then sometimes you get a little bit of film from the flesh that preserves around the bones, and that's what this paper was based on. So they see. Uh, kind of a little mineral stain around the bones. And in this case, they saw two little lumps, which they interpreted as scent glands, which is pretty uh, speculative, I would say. Sure. Um, but it's reasonable because of bird anatomy to think that most dinosaurs actually had that set up. It's interesting because this article, they described the cloaca as the Swiss Army knife of buttholes. Uh, <laughs> common throughout the animal kingdom today, all birds, amphibians, reptiles, and even a few mammals possess them. So I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. So there's a little pair of yeah. scissors in there as well? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite all birds. Uh, ducks actually have extravagant uh, male genitalia. genitalia. Oh, really? Yeah. So Not to use a non-scientific phrase, but are, are ducks fairly well hung? Uh, unbelievably so. Really? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Bizarrely so. Yeah. I mean, so mu- is that what's, is that's what's <laughs> being used as the rudder when they're in the water? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find a photo of this right now. Of a now. duck dong? Yeah, be careful with that search. But okay. uh, <laughs> um, A quick question. Oh, my God. Long yeah. duck dong. Long duck dong. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. No. Pro- yes. It's got to Probably, be. if you're familiar with 16 Candles, that might be uh, where, where, the, where he got his nickname. Here, here's the picture I found when I looked up. Oh, God. No, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> not a duck. <laughs> um, spelled duck wrong. That's the picture I found. Let, let me ask you, I mean, uh, Ken, on, in, in, this, in this case. So animals, uh, uh, mammals of that size, when you get up around like, you know, the Anallosaurus or Brontosaurus, or I know there's there's a, a new, perhaps, king of the, the largest of land mammals, um, so 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 in matters of intercourse, um, you know, f- for things of that size to be on top of each other, <laughs> how did that work? Well, we don't really know. Okay, um, you know, at, at sixty-five tons, they weren't working their way through the Kama Sutra. We know that, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, exactly. That's I, I, not I, a I, sentence I expected to hear. Yeah, today. I mean, yeah. There, yeah. Let, let me get on know. top. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you a bottom or a top at sixty-five tons? <laughs> yeah. So we actually don't know, but you know, I think it, it was probably something pretty boring for the the really really big dinosaurs. They okay. Don't have a lot of options. So, uh, Ken, I have a question for you because I know you've really been around the world when it comes to fossil hunting. And, and I read uh, recently that the conditions had to be perfect in order for the fossil itself, itself to exist. I mean, not only did the, the creature have to die in a specific way, but it had to die in a specific place in order for the um, skeleton to be, be preserved for us to be able to have to make that discovery today, right, in, in these times. So where have you been and, and why do conditions have to be a certain way in order for fossils to be discovered? Well, if you think about an animal out on the landscape today, like imagine a, 
a deer that you might see in your backyard, when that animal dies, it almost certainly decays away right on the surface. Right? Yes. We've all seen this. Right, right. So in order to become a fossil, you have to be buried quickly. And then that means you need just the right circumstances. So you need a the point bar of a river migrating fast. You need a sand dune blowing quickly. You need sediment on a beach or in an inlet piling up quickly. Or a landslide, so something of that nature. A landslide, something like that. So For a minute, to- I thought my cat maybe was a fossil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you have to make that transition from the biosphere to the geosphere very right. rapidly. And then you have to have just the right geochemical conditions to preserve the fossil and then actually get flesh preserved. That's extraordinary. And so um, you need very fine grain sediment. Think of the, the size of the sediment as kind of the, like the resolution on your computer screen. So sure. The, the, the smaller the piece of sediment, like the more pixels you would have. So to preserve soft tissue, you need a dinosaur buried rapidly, right geochemistry, very fine sediment, and then you need geology not to mess that up right. for, in this case, 95 million years. So so I know that they just discovered a 99-million-year-old beetle, uh, a bioluminescent beetle that was in amber. Um, so is that how – what is the oldest piece of, of – of, I don't know, not a fossil, but, but physical bone? What's the oldest – uh, animal or mammal or sign of life or anything that we have uh, available to us now? How far back does it go? There are uh, fossil bacteria from Australia and I believe Greenland that both date back to about 3.8 billion years old. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, and, I, to- so that's about when we think life on Earth started. And before that, the atmosphere of the Earth from four and a half billion to three point eight billion was very, very caustic. And really life couldn't exist on that planet. And there was constant asteroid bombardment and and such. Um, things calmed down right at three point eight billion, and it's exactly at three point eight billion that we see the fossil record start. So it looks to us like life on Earth is not only probable, right? We know it was, but inevitable. As soon as that door opened, boom, life walked through it. All right. So to piggyback on on Steve's question, because he had mentioned, you know, um, material versus fossils, because if something is, and this is me speaking as a complete neophyte here, right. a, a fossil I'd always thought of as like an impression of what once was, right. as opposed to the actual living material, like a bone. That's what I always thought. Okay. Yeah. Is that correct in the way I stated that? Yep. They are both fossils. So you can have They're what both we fossils. call a, a body fossil. That would be the bones or, or the whole animal preserved in amber, say. Or you can have a mold. That's an impression. You can have a cast. That's where the sediment got into the mold and then hardened and became a cast of that mold. Or we also would call trackways and traces, things like that. Those are fossils as well. Okay, so when we see the reconstructed uh, dinosaurs in in the museums, uh, those are actual bone, pieces of bone. They're either actual pieces of bone or the bones are, you know, back in the collections and those are replicas of those bones. Okay. 
Okay, yeah. So uh, there are fossilized bones and fossilized things of that nature. Uh, again, it's it's amazing how little we know about this. Thank God we have you on yeah. uh, because we we are fascinated, but we just assume things. And I mean, it, there, it was not too long ago that I thought all rocks were dinosaur eggs. So, um, <laughs> uh, but, but but that but that said, there is so much that's going on and so much that's being advanced. Um, and and there is this um, story of this uh, titanosaur. Which is, is, is this the largest, they believe it was found uh, down in, where was it, Patagonia. Uh, and I know, yeah. you, so is this, is, this, is this another, because you, you were integral in the discovery of another one, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, uh, in um, Dreadnoticus. Five, I discovered Dreadnoticus, yeah, which is a 65-ton dinosaur. It's still the, the most massive dinosaur for which we can confidently calculate the weight. Right. But... In the years since then, a lot of really big ones have turned up, like this recent discovery from northern Patagonia. This is uh, a yet-to-be-named dinosaur because they still have a lot of it in the ground, and it's not clear whether it's a new species or not. But it is clear that it's really, really big. It's probably dreadnoughtus size, could be even larger. We don't know yet. Um, uh, a few years ago, another one, which they named uh, Patagotitan, was found. It appears that that might be even larger than Dreadnoughtus, but we can't calculate the mass of it because to do that, you need uh, uh, the humerus, the upper arm bone, and the femur, the upper leg bone. You need both of those to calculate the mass, uh, and they don't have both. They don't have it yet. Individual. Yeah. What was the – all right, so at this point on Earth is the largest mammal to ever exist on Earth, the blue whale. The blue. So we're living in a time with the exists. largest creature ever to live on Earth is 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 alive and I assume thriving. We are living in a new age of giants, and and yet the blue whale is the largest creature to ever live on Earth in four and a half billion years. Unfortunately, they are not thriving. They are critically endangered. Mm. Uh, because of all the terrible things that we're doing to the ocean. Hmm. All right, I have a question about another discovery. I saw this, that uh, new research shows that hatchlings of Tyrannosaurus were about as big as medium-sized dogs. Uh, It says here the first known fossils of uh, Tyrannosaurus uh, embryos suggest the dinosaurs were approximately three feet long when they hatched. And I'm I'm looking at this uh, study that says that... um, they found a jawbone and a claw that were found in Canada and the U.S. Uh, respectively. Um, and then they produced 3D scans of the remains, and they figured this out. And I found out they, they've never found any Tyrannosaurus eggs before. It's very rare to find dinosaur eggs uh, because eggs, as we all know, are so fragile. Right. Um, and the interesting thing with dinosaurs, and I think it's one of the keys to their success, is that the the size of the babies does not scale with the ultimate size of the adults. That's the case in mammals, right? So human babies are pretty big and humans are big and, and giraffe babies are 300 pounds and blue whale babies are 3,000 pounds. Jesus. But the biggest dinosaurs, when, when they're hatched, they're only the size of a small dog or a cat. And so that allows them to do, like imagine Dreadnoughtus when it hatches, maybe it's the size of a cat. Now it's doing tiny herbivore things, tiny plant eater things. Wait, wait a second. So, does... so, 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 Dronotus at birth could have been the size of a cat, and yet, how? At what rate does it grow? Uh, it's a tremendous rate. I mean, clearly they had a lifelong obsession with eating, 
uh, and they were very, very efficient at it. And so that allows this one species to capture all these niches in the environment. So it does tiny plant eater things, medium plant eater things, really big plant eater things, and then unbelievably gigantic plant eater things. So it's this one species filling all these different roles in the ecosystem. Wow. So, that, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about a geometric progression of size that's, that's mind-boggling. Uh, yeah, so, really, it would be folly to purchase baby clothes for a dreadnought. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they'd be outgrowing them. I mean, ridiculous. Week. Yeah. Wow. Although one children's uh, clothing company did make dreadnought uh, kids' clothes, which <laughs> we bought for our son when he was a baby. Well, there you go. So, so with this, this knowledge... Uh, Okay, so the the trailer for Godzilla versus uh, King Kong just came out, and and um, uh, I know that there there was at one point a very large uh, a primate, like a like almost like a super gorilla, um, but nothing on the order of, of King Kong. What was the largest of of the the simian uh, equivalent to um, gorillas that 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 walk the earth? Well, I don't think they ever got much bigger than a gorilla. A gorilla is a, a really big animal. Yeah. Um, our lineage, our primate lineage, isn't you know known for being giant, but we have obviously other talents and other demerits. Right? Yeah. I mean, but but at a certain size, and I've always heard like the the structure say uh, uh, things become impossible to exist because of size and structure, like the just general physics and stress on a, a skeletal system, like something like as depicted, you know, a thirty-story gorilla. It's just um, we obviously we know it's not feasible, but just on on a basic scientific level, it, it would stand it would defy the laws of science and physics. Correct. Yep, that's exactly right. And that's why it's so interesting that with a lot of these new dinosaur discoveries, we're starting to see it looks like these biggest dinosaur species are starting to cluster in the 60 to 70 ton range. OK. And that makes you think maybe that's as big as a land animal can get. Okay. Because one thing that we see in these big giants like Dreadnoughtus, if you look at their bones, constant stress fractures when they're uh, walking. You can yeah. see the, the bone tissue is constantly repairing itself because every step they take, I think, gives them a little bit of a fracture. God, that's uh, amazing. If you're just tuning in, it's Dr. Kenneth uh, Lacabara, who is uh, from Rowan University, a professor there. He is the official paleontologist of the Preston Steve Show, by yes. the way. <laughs> we need to send him a shirt. And we, we definitely need to do that. <laughs> Of the of the creatures that you have studied uh, throughout the years, are you more fascinated with uh, with the ones that uh, that live on the land, in the water, in the air? What what uh, on a personal level do you find uh, the most interesting? Well, I have focused on land creatures because all dinosaurs lived on land. But honestly, I mean. Nature is amazing. Biology is amazing. You could spend your whole life studying, uh, you know, a particular species of grasshopper or a worm or a beetle or anything, really. It's incredible um, what evolution has produced. Because the freakiest stuff's in the water, and uh, to yeah. my mind, for the some deadly reason. Oh, yeah, I mean, we we really don't know what most of the stuff in the water is right now. That We it, don't know now. That, right, we don't know right now. I mean, there's... there's Probably, you know, it might be 90% of species on Earth are yet to be discovered, and most of those are in the deep ocean. Well, I saw a, um, uh, a study that was out of Taiwan, and uh, the um, uh, fossil hunters there found apparently this uh, burrow that they feel was part of a uh, – housed a prehistoric predator 
that comes up out of the seabed and then would drag unsuspecting animals down into its lair. And it was uh, <laughs> supposedly similar to what are called bobbit worms of yes. today. Literally named after the John and Lorena Bobbitt case. No. Wow. Uh, the wow. worms were, yeah. Uh, so I didn't know if you had seen that story or not, but they found these, uh, apparently these layers where these things would come up out of the ocean floor and grab stuff it's and like take the them in. O.J. Simpicus, uh, uh, which would uh, be cut the heads <laughs> off of its victims. Uh, wow. So, so you're familiar with what Preston was referring to, uh, Ken? Uh, I, I'm not, but kind of bringing the conversation full circle there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so the, uh, wait, I did see something that they they found out the the Mosasur, I guess. It, it, uh, I'm I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but that they're finding things that apparently they, they it had um, it had a shark like teeth they didn't realize that it had before. So, so your most formidable. Also, I think I assume in water that allows. Obviously, as with the blue whale, things to get larger because it's it's buoyant and it, there's less of that. Stress, uh, as you talked about earlier, on these, you know, huge uh, dinosaurs, the, the water allows more potential for bigger size. Yeah, that's right. I always say as a dinosaur paleontologist that the whales are kind of cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm curious, uh, uh, doctor, what might so so and, and I have listen, I don't know. Four billion years ago, like you were talking, what to, what the Earth was like. I haven't studied those type of things. Um, You're this, a simple man. I'm a simple man. The polar caps, uh, I'm, what I'm curious about, the question that I want to get to is if we were to able to get down to the deep and, and dig deep into Antarctica or the northern pole regions, are there things that might be lurking there life-wise that we're not aware of? Uh, they're probably are uh you know there's there's only land in in the south pole in antarctica but um there have been a, a few attempts to drill deep into the ice cap and they have found uh bacteria down there and i believe they found little uh arthropods little tiny microscopic organisms and but what's really fascinating to me about antarctica is during the time of the dinosaurs it was still at the south pole but it wasn't glaciated. The, the earth was very warm then. And yeah. so we had a we had a polar forest, but it still got six months of darkness. And we don't have an analogous environment to that today. So what's going on for half a year yeah. in that well, dark polar forest? Nobody that, really knows. That's why I'm curious. Would Could there be substantial, I mean, not just microbes and things like that. I mean, could there be sizable creatures that live that, that, are, that we don't even know about? Well, in the fossil record, absolutely. We know there were dinosaurs in Antarctica, and oh, there were uh, amphibians there. Yeah. Um, there are a couple little bits of Antarctica today that are exposed, the Dry Valley, uh, some of the islands like Vega Island. And paleontologists, I have colleagues that go there uh, every year or so, and, and they find dinosaur fossils. Oh, okay. you got to go to Monster Island. I saw a Toho movie, and they definitely have a whole bunch of monsters and uh, dinosaurs there. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, again, your, your mind is always open to the potential of, of life forms that we have yet to discover. Uh, you know, Preston, was, when he was talking about what he's talking about, I'm thinking, hell, like the movie Tremors, could there, <laughs> yeah. could there be <laughs> sub, you know, subterranean graboids or things of that nature, things that exist down there? I wanted to ask you, for your sweet spot, is the Cretaceous period, is that where you're finding most of your fascination or your focus? Well, it is. The time of the dinosaurs is the, the Triassic, the now very famous Jurassic, and the Cretaceous. That's the Mesozoic era. And the Cretaceous is kind of dinosaurs in full bloom. Yeah. So that's when we have the, the greatest dinosaur biodiversity, the greatest expanse of dinosaurs in terms of geography, but also in terms of anatomy, just the craziest dinosaur forms there. So that's where I've focused most of my attention just because, you know, 
that, that's where the cool stuff is. At the height of that, so let's say we're in the absolute, the, 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 the glory days of the Cretaceous period, we're one wandering around, you know, how how soon before one would be encountering, you know, life? You know, what was it just a, uh, a a nonstop conga line of all these things, or would one have to, you know, trek for a while before encountering life? No, the former. Um, life was in an abundance beyond what we can conceive of today with our modern perspective. And and even just if you go back in the historical past, you know, Lewis and Clark wrote about traveling across the Great Plains and for days beating with a stick, you know, pathways through herds of millions of buffalo. And there yeah. used to be passenger pigeons that darkened the sky and the, the colonists when they got to the shores of New England. You know, before they could even get out their fishing nets, the cod were jumping into the ships. And so, you know, that was just within historic times. If you wow. go back to the very lush, warm, verdant Cretaceous, our modern eyes would not understand that scene, the abundance that was present. Then. Wow. Okay. I have a two-part question here, Doctor. How often do you get out and search for um, new uh, species and new dinosaurs? Like, how, how often do you go out on, on digs? Well, it, typically in my career, I would um, head to the Southern Hemisphere in our winter, right, the Southern Hemisphere summer. Right. And I would spend two to four months in, in the field uh, living in a tent. I've spent years of my life living in tents and, you know, godforsaken deserts and badlands and places like that. You're just like Sam uh, Neill. Yeah. But now I'm really fortunate in that, um, and we've talked about this a little bit before, at Rowan University, we are developing the Edelman Fossil Park, which is in Mantua Township, New Jersey. Yeah. And it's actually one of the best windows into the Cretaceous period in the world. And so now I can go there and I can dig for fossils any day of the week. I was there just yesterday getting my feet muddy. This is the one that's, that's adjacent to like a Home Depot, right? It's behind a Lowe's. Oh, behind oh, a Lowe's. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, Doctor, I don't know how confident you are in finding a new species or anything like that, but if you were to find one and you, you know, were given the opportunity to name a new dinosaur, <laughs> could you name it something like the Gadzookasaurus or something along those lines? Well, you can actually name it whatever you want. Okay, so if you yeah. you're saying it's a done deal. <laughs> no, he's asking you to name it, Doctor. He's not saying can we if we were to discover it. He's he's urging you to yeah, name he, it the Gedzukasaurus. That actually does it does roll work. off the tongue there. Yeah, it, it's really well. good. If you want to be the laughing stock of paleontologists, you can do that. <laughs> Uh, but, I got to say, there are some really bad dinosaur names out there because there is no governing body that reviews dinosaur names. All right, share, share, share the the stupidest ones. Well, there's one. Uh, you know, I know all these people, so I, I know, I know. So be cautious. <laughs> but there's one dinosaur, beautiful dinosaur. It's a, it's it's a kind of spinosaur found in South America. It was found in a really hard ironstone. So in the laboratory, it was very difficult to work with, very difficult to prepare. And they named it Irritator. Irritator? And no. I just thought that was a shame because they made it all about them, right? Not right. about the, this amazing creature. That sounds like a crappy 70s band. <laughs> yeah. <The> Irritator. <laughs> Irritator. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I see what you're talking about. I mean, it, it's fascinating. Are, are, are we in a, uh, you know, are we in a time of great discovery as far as uh, the, the paleontolo paleontologists and the realm they work in? 
Absolutely. If you go back 100 years, there was about one new dinosaur species discovered a year. Um, by the 70s, it was about a half a dozen a year. Now it's one a week. Whoa! Thank you, yeah. Lowe's. <laughs> wow. You know, the best part yeah. is, and if you stop and think about it, what better place, especially if you need a shovel or something like that. Yeah. Or That's it's, right. It's right, yeah. right there. next door. Yeah. yeah. Right they got pick yeah. shovels. Hoses. Anything you're looking for. Yeah. Hey, by Believe the way. Me, it's, it's every paleontologist's dream <laughs> to have a Lowe's next to the rest. <laughs> Ken, you were talking about, you were talking about a, uh, a particular dinosaur that they're still unearthing. Um, how long can it take... Uh, to completely remove all the pieces that you're looking for? Is this something that can take years to do it right? Or uh, I would imagine it's case by case, but can you can you give us an example? For a big dinosaur like that, years. Yeah, it took us five years to excavate Dreadnoughtus. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, you got it. You, I assume you have to be as as careful and as delicate as you possibly can be, right? Yeah, that's right. It's it's like doing surgery in the worst possible conditions. <laughs> so yeah, um, you do have to be really careful. And and you know you have people that you know like may, it might be their first expedition. So you give them big tools like pickaxes, and they get to work far away from the dinosaur. Right. And as you as your skill improves, you get smaller and smaller tools, and you get to work closer and closer to the dinosaur. That's how it works. That's how you know you're a head muckety muckety. In fact, it works. Conversely, as to what we're using, the smaller your pickaxe, the right. more important you are. By the time you get to that yeah. little brush, <laughs> right, right, you're, right, you're right, like, or the gentle pick, yeah, you're, like you're the, the big Kahuna. Yeah. All right, listen, I have uh, I have breaking news, big right. news here uh, to pass along. I was just handed this information. Breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, apparently, uh, the governing body has passed this along to me, and uh, um, Doctor Lacavera has now been named. The official dean of paleontology at the Just Sayin Institute oh! at the Preston and Steve Show. Wow. So, congratulations, uh, sir. That is Not a much revered learning establishment. No longer a professor. You are now a dean of paleontology. Yeah. At, wow! At the Just Sayin Institute. So you can. You know, I, I I thought when I received the Explorers Club medal <laughs> that that was the apex, but nope. No. Now, no. Nope. I've surpassed that. No, it's complete. <laughs> but that, and well-deserved, honestly. All right, well, listen, <laughs> it is great to catch up with you. We hope you're doing well. Someday we're gonna, we are gonna got to come out to, to Lowe's and, and, do, and, the big and dig. do the dig with you. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll have to wait until uh, things are a little bit better on the uh, the COVID front. But uh, it's, yeah. good, it's good to talk to you, Doctor. Thanks so much for checking in with us this morning. Likewise. Great to talk to you all. All right, let's hear it for the Yay! Doctor guy. Lacabara. Wow. From the, uh, he's the professor at uh, Rowan University, and uh, it's fascinating stuff. And he's, he's certainly, uh, he's he's well entrenched in that. He's d- made all these discoveries. It's amazing. I love it. I yeah. love it. Kathy, do you have any, any interest? Does Jace have any interest in this stuff? Jurassic um, he, uh, Park and things of that nature? He did when he was younger. Um, yeah. I'm not sure, you know, not so much now. Um, yeah, I, you know, I actually interviewed a woman who <laughs> owns a restaurant in Philadelphia. Uh, who, Dino Burger. No, uh, it, it's actually Oh God! What is the what is the name of it? Uh, her name is Jill Jett. What 
is the name of the restaurant? Cool. Anyway, she um, so she owns this restaurant. She has all of these like expansive wines, and she travels and she goes on digs. Huh. And she when she's there doing these digs, she will also tour the restaurants and learn about wine and buy wines and and bring them back here. That it's, is an interesting marriage of yeah, yeah totally of right. Yeah. What pairs well with saber tooth tiger? Right. <laughs> um, I'm gonna look up uh, her name in a restaurant so I can give you the correct information. And Jill Jet. That sounds like a uh, that's, that's a radio name. name or is, something. Uh, is Dr. Ken with anybody? Maybe go come up with Jill Jet. Uh, yeah, I don't know Wait, if he's uh, married or what. We're trying to hook those two mm-hmm. kids up together. Maybe? That's actually not her name. I don't know. Okay. I feel like you guys. <laughs> saying oh, it's it, not like, her name. Now that right. we said it, Jill Jet doesn't sound right. All right. Anyhow, we'll have to find out a little bit later on. We got to take a break. Yes. We got to come back. We got to give away some money. Yes. I hope you don't mind that we do that. And it is called No Sad Dough. And I have a little more information about that as we take a break. Stay right there. It's MMR's No Sad Dough here. No Sad Dough for you. I just won $500. Yes, cash money. No Sad Dough. I'm a winner tonight. Yes, you are. Win money. We're just here to try to make 2021 a little better than 2020. We already started off great with that. (laughs) Fantastic. No Sando! Listen even hours, weekdays. That's 8 and 10 a.m., noon, 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. Get the keyword and text it to 45911. Or enter it via WMMR.com or our app to also get qualified for the $10,000 grand prize. No Sando! I'm damn excited, and I'd love to take you to dinner. It's on, girlfriend. From 93.3 WMMR. You got 500 bucks. I did. I can't believe it. What are you going to do with it? Buy me a beer? Is that what you said? <laughs> Everything that rocks. See official rules at WMMR.com. All right, let's do this. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre Final. Brought to you this morning by Horizon Services. They take the stress out of your winter heating problems by taking $50 off any heating repair. Two-year guarantee included. Visit horizonservices.com. An Amazon delivery driver says he helped save a Texas infant who was abandoned on the side of a road by a carjacker. Whoa. Juan Carlos Flores, an Amazon driver who was working in North Houston, said that he spotted a car seat on the curb while delivering a package, but at first he didn't realize that there was a baby in it. Flores said he thought that a parent might have put the car seat on the curb for a moment. Right. But after 10 minutes delivering packages, nobody had come to pick it up, and Flores noticed the car seat contained an infant. He said, when I saw the baby, I wanted to cry. He said he went to the nearest home, Told the residents about the abandoned baby. They called the police, and when officers arrived, Flores said he led the police to the abandoned infant. Said, I took the police to the house where the baby was, and that's when they told me the baby was stolen with a car, and they left the baby on the side street. Jeez. Uh, remember, we had a story the other day of a guy who got into carjack car. Yeah. The woman left the baby in there. <laughs> He brought it back and, and then started chastising the woman he stole the car from yeah. for having the baby. She had gone inside the store. Uh, but they're still searching for the suspect in this particular carjacking. A crying woman identified as a mother arrived shortly after and reunited with her baby. Uh, asked how he feels to have been uh, to have found the abandoned infant. He said, I feel lucky. I remember seeing a car seat on the road as I was uh, hiking one time. And I'm like, oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 please. It was just empty. But he was like, yeah. you always think that. Yep. Well, you never know what might fall from the sky. The wheel of a small plane bound for O'Hare International Airport in a Chicago landed in a Chicago family's backyard on Thursday oh evening. God. Yay! 
The wheel belonged to a single-engine aircraft operating Boutique Air Flight 835 and luckily did not injure anyone in the neighborhood when it crashed down. The flight landed a short time later without incident at O'Hare, and all seven people aboard were uninjured, according to the FAA. But the aircraft did send a considerable considerable amount of sparks flying down the runway when it touched down. Uh, those living in the home closest to where the tire landed said that initially they thought the tire was just junk that someone had dumped there, and neighbors said that they heard it hit the ground with a big boom. See, could you imagine? No. Uh, the FAA says that it will be investigating the incident along with the National Transportation Safety Board. A man is facing charges after he led officers on a chase while driving under the influence. An Altoona police said 36-year-old Terry Fornari was drunk and driving on a DUI suspended license when he led officers on a chase driving away from traffic stop at about 9.30 in the morning. Uh, he is accused of running 12 stop signs and one red light before he pulled into a driveway and stopped. <sighs> Three more and he would have been in trouble. An officer uh, tackled for uh, Fornari as he ran through the yard. I remind you, this is 9.30 in the morning. Police said Fornari had a can of beer in the front pocket of his coat and there was a case of beer on the passenger seat of the car. He has four previous DUI convictions. He is now charged with felony, misdemeanor DUI, felony fleeing police, and misdemeanor counts of recklessly endangering another person. I drink more beer before 10 o'clock than most people do all day. <laughs> no kidding. I watched a guy run four straight red lights today. Really? Like, didn't even, like, Dude, barely, barely even stopped. You must have been driving right next to me, even though I know you weren't because uh, I was, like, an hour late to work today. <laughs> but I saw a guy blow through two red lights directly in front of me. It wasn't like... No, no one's speaking to no one's looking. You know, right. No one's looking. Uh-huh. And he goes, I'm directly behind him. Right on through it. It pisses me off. Come on, man. Because I, I will stop at red lights. Of course. In the morning. What's, is there some sort of vague BS rule that you can, go, if you stop at that time in the morning? I've I heard. It was out on Belmont, though, dude. And there are cops that hide out on Belmont. Yeah, and that are. dude's time is, he's biting his time. Because they're going to get him. They're going to bust his ass. But it pissed me off to it, see it's that. It's annoying. Yeah. Portland police arrested two people. They say attacked the man because his car had Vermont license plates. Vermont! <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> the suspects uh, yelled at the victim and told him that he shouldn't be in Maine. Oh. And assaulted him on This Friday, isn't Vermont! Friday afternoon. Uh, they damaged his car and tried to pull him out of the vehicle. Uh, the victim was not seriously hurt, though. Lou, forget him. I just saw New Hampshire plates. Uh, police responding to calls from witnesses found that the suspects had fled by the time they arrived, uh, but both were arrested a short time later. It's being a little too proud of your state. Uh, Nathaniel Glavin and Vanessa Lazaro both face assault and drug charges in the case. All right. It is. It's time. What? It's 10 o'clock. Here we go. 93.3 WMMR presents. No all right, we got a word for you, and we got money to give away. Our keyword for the hour is excellent. Excellent. E X C E L L E N T. Two L's in there. Keep that in mind. E X C E L L E N T. Excellent. And you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it. Three ways to do it via text to the special contest short code, which is 45911. Or you can also be entered for the $10,000 grand prize if you enter via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. One random entry wins $500 in this company-wide contest. That person will get a call from Beasley 
But be sure you answer your phone. Contest rules are available at WMMR.com. So, again, the word is... Excellent. E-X-C-E-L-L-E-N-T. It's sick. Bill and Ted and Cowper. Oh, God. Excellent. Could you imagine? You have to write the greatest song ever. All right. So, good luck to you. Enter it now, and we will see if you win in a little bit. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We also have some stuff to give away with our lesson question. Trash and music news are coming up. Our pets' heads are falling off. We'll be right back. Make sure that you stay with us. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. You still have about two minutes left to get our code word over for the hour. The keyword, I should say, for no sad dough. And the, the word is excellent. E-X-C-E-L-L-E-N-T. You better do it quickly. You're running out of time, okay? You can uh, text over to our special contest short code number, which is 45911, or enter through the MMR app or at WMMR.com. We'll see if we get a winner here in just a little bit. Uh, programming note. Kathy wants to... Uh, uh, we were talking about something earlier, and she uh, misstated. Yeah, let's go back. So uh, we had our guest on. Uh, Dr. Ken. Oh, the doctor? Dr. Ken. Yeah, Dr. Yes. Ken Lecovara. The and paleontologist. Then, yes, and then I uh, mentioned a woman who is in the Philadelphia area. Uh, she is a restaurateur, wine enthusiast, right. and uh, an archaeologist, and she goes on digs. Um, her, I called her uh, Jill Jet. Yeah. So her name is Jill Weber, and she owns Jet Wine Bar. Okay. Oh, so I was close. Okay. So yeah, it's not Judy Jetson. It's I've not Judy of, Jetson. I've heard of Jet Wine Bar before. Yeah, it's it's a great wine bar, and she um, is awesome. And uh, I can't, it just was like you know my mind went blank. I, sure. I couldn't remember it. Um, and yeah, I interviewed her years ago, and we talked about both and how they kind of worked in together. And uh, yeah, it was a really cool interview. Uh, she was awesome, and and uh, Jet Wine Bar is great. Okay, cool. Glad we got that straightened out now. <laughs> we're nothing if not accurate. Uh, we're going to... No, no, we're 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 gonna, accurate no, after we fix ourselves. We're going to ask today's lesson question, and we're going to give away a $50 Metro Diner gift card for the correct answer. I think I'm going to go with this. What anchor once hosted the show Beat the Clock? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer, Okay. So, what anchor once hosted Beat the Clock? Not really. 215-263-WMMR will do the trash while you are calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, let's see what uh, stories we get. Steve, what's going on? Well, yesterday we talked about this after announcing his retirement from NBC News. Legendary anchor Tom Brokaw revealing what his plans are for the future. Brokaw, who authored the highly acclaimed The Greatest Generation about World War II veterans, says he is currently writing the definitive biography of Norma Stitz. Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) Bridget Moynihan sent a supportive tweet to her ex-Tom Brady after he solidified his 10th trip to the Super Bowl. Wrote Moynihan, quote, Water under the bridge. So proud of you, Tom. My best to both you and your Brazilian whore. And finally, Kodak Black apparently promised to donate a million dollars to charity if Donald Trump pardoned him from prison. Now that President Trump has done so, Black appears to be backpedaling a bit, saying, how can you trust a felon? Uh-huh. And that's your All right, we will uh, see if somebody knows the answer to the uh, lesson question who hosted the uh, show Beat the Clock. What anchor once hosted the show Beat the Clock? And I will go to Ed to see if he knows the answer. Good morning, Ed. 
Good morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks said, all right, who hosted Beat the Clock at one time? Uh, that would be Walter Cronkite. Yeah! yeah. Hang on a second, Ed. We're going to get you a $50 Metro Diner gift card, welcoming 2021 with a Waffle Evolution Metro Diner launch. Three stuffing waffles Ooh. piled high with comforting toppings like sausage gravy and chicken tenders. God, that sounds good. Stacked on a waffle pressed from savory stuffing. You can visit MetroDiner.com to view their menu today. I never did point out last week this music in case he was very proud uh, uh, that he decided to use for our winning music. And this is from uh, Kill Bill. Volume yeah. 1, I think. Uh, yeah. Yes, because that's where he fights uh, cop. He's Copperhead, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, Lucy Lou. And this is from that fight sequence. Love it. All right, music news. Let's get to it. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah! All right, I got a couple stories passed along to you. We're going to start with this one. It appears that uh, guitarist Dave Kooning has uh, reunited with the Killers. Uh, it can be spotted in uh, footage that the band shared of themselves in the studio recently, huh. working on the follow-up to their 2020 album, Imploding the Mirage. Dave! In 2017, Kooning had left the group to pursue a solo career, which resulted in the release of his album, his debut album, uh, Prismism, uh, in 2019. Now known as Nobody Buys It, is uh, I guess so, right? <laughs> the upcoming project will be The Killers' seventh album, by the way. Love The Killers. Bruce Springsteen's early's early 1970s surfboard from his Jersey Shore days. He was a surfer? Yeah, is now being displayed at Cleveland's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum. Gotcha, surf. Uh, the Springsteen surfboard is part of the other of other new artifacts, including a Cleveland Cavaliers rock-themed city edition uniform. So pitted. Outfits worn by Harry Styles, Laura Jane Grace, uh, and Jadina. Maylene Moyer, Moise Guitar, I don't know, some of these people. what? And more. Uh, So back in July, uh, Springsteen had spoken about his love for the beach. He explained, uh, there's nothing like the sea at night when the water is slightly warmer than the air, even though the air is humid after a 95-degree day. Huh. Uh, I I didn't, I... I knew he was a boardwalk kind of guy. I didn't figure him as a surfing kind of guy. He said, God, I love swimming at night. Uh, it is all darkness and mystery. It is the void, and it must be done naked. And you can play with the sharks. Uh, clothes at the waterline, please. Uh, do this, and my pilgrim, uh, you will become cleansed, he says. So that's him speaking kind of, you know, uh, poetically. Do this, my pilgrim, and you will become cleansed. Never will the evening air or a kiss on the beach or a dry towel ever feel so good again. The walk to the car will be filled with starlit grace, and you will never forget it. Once you hit the water, you will be covered in the blossoming beauty of your youth, no matter how old you are or whoever you're with. Wow. You will always remember them. I can safely say I've never been in the ocean at night, I don't think. Do you have salt water cascade over your nutsack? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to have to change that this year. Yeah. Yes, you do. I'm it's actually be- um, you, you should be careful. Yeah, uh, no, no you know doubt. because the, the the things that are nocturnal are things that are more likely to come in closer to the shore. You Monsters. want to be careful. Monsters, oh, yeah, the yeah. Kraken, the stuff like that. No, you I saw think- Clash of the Titans. That thing's a bad. I did see that thing. It's pretty big too. Yeah, you yeah, it, so. Just if you do go swimming, have the the head of the Hydra with you. Uh, the head of, the pe- uh, head of, of uh, uh, Medusa. Medusa. Yeah. I thought uh, I thought I lost my brother and best friend at the same time in the ocean one night. Oh my god! It, yeah, it was. Uh, they they disappeared. My my brother went in first. Uh, and then my 
And then he disappeared, and then my best friend went in to save him, and I was in there as well, and then he disappeared. And I'm like, I can't go in to find somebody that I can't see. Exactly. Right. It wouldn't and, make sense, and, yeah. And so I, there's Be no, stupid. So there's no use in three of us dying. And then uh, so I, I ended up getting out, and then, God, man, ten minutes went by, and they— it must have seemed like an hour. It felt like forever, Steve. Yeah. I, and I thought they were gone. And then uh, eventually I saw them both. They were down shore. Actually, technically, you said they shore. came riding up on Dune Pumas. <laughs> no. Well, it was around the same time as Dune Pumas, Steve. <laughs> but uh, they, they, the water, the, the, um, I, I guess it was a, a riptide, a rip yeah, current. Yeah, and pull it, them down. It, it washed it's them. Scary as hell. Watch them. Hundred yards or more down the the beach, but the ocean itself, just sitting and looking at it, is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to take Bruce's advice. You can go swimming naked. Swimming naked. Give me a call when you're down here, man. Yeah, what the hell? I'll do it. Absolutely. Um. So we'll reenact that scene from here to eternity. Yeah, where you're rolling and kissing in the sand and so on. Me and you, me and Bruce. <laughs> Be that way. All right, uh, let's see what else I have for you here. Corn guitarist Brian Head Welch has revealed that he and his bandmates have some exciting news to share soon. Uh, he said, I asked the manager because I'm doing Love and Death, uh, but I know people are going to ask me about Corn." And he said, just tell them the truth. Tell them that you've been getting together with him, you're working on some stuff, and that we've got some really exciting news coming out. And I think we're going to make some kind of announcement pretty soon, and nice. that's pretty much all I can say. He so said, there. He said, I think it's no secret that every band is getting together, and there's probably going to be a lot of records coming out. We've been throwing ideas back and forth. And it's been hard because of the pandemic and whatnot, because Monkey, which is uh, Schaefer's... Uh, um, says, oh, they just call him Monkey. That's right, James Monkey Schaefer. That's right. Uh, lives in <laughs> Los Angeles, uh, right in thick of it. Uh, one in five people has it there. He said, thank God Monkey has not got it. Uh, he lives with his wife and his family and his mother-in-law, and they've got to be careful with her. So maybe some new music from Corn coming out. Should be cool. And Monkey. And Monkey. One last story. In a new interview with Modern Drummer Magazine, uh, Alex Van Halen spoke about Van Halen's two iconic frontmen, David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. In an interview conducted before Eddie had died last October, uh, but finally published now, he spoke about the original connection between the group's original lineup and the importance of producer Ted Templeman. Recalling... Part of it was the conflict between the band and Dave. One of the things that made everything work was that we came from opposite ends of the spectrum. Dave was vaudeville. Ed and I were coming from Cream, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. So having that strange chemistry is what made it work, oddly enough. But you do need a mediator. Otherwise, we would have never gotten anything done. He wanted to say if Dave came in with a song, I would respect how they heard it. And then it's the old trick. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. And that means, okay, I'll listen to you, but then I'm going to make it mine. And by the end of the process, it will sound nothing like what you hummed me. Uh, He went on to say about Roth, uh, saying we grew up together. Regarding Sammy Hagar, he said uh, he has a great rhythmic sense and, of course, that voice. Uh, Dave was much more of a poet. Dave is creative. 90% of it is garbage, but that 10% is effing worth it. What planet did you come from, meaning Dave? So that's what he said about his the two singers. It's Eddie's birthday today. It is. And I had always known it was Eddie's birthday because there was nobody interesting on my birthday, yeah. which was yesterday. But the next day. The next day was Eddie Van Halen's. And there's not many other than Eddie uh, that I forgot the birthday. Well, no, it actually, I did go through some pretty interesting birthdays today. 
But I remember Eddie being the one that always stood out to me. Who was so. yesterday? Well, there's nobody of any? Well, the one that came along was Alicia Keys. Alicia, that's right. Eventually. Yes. Uh, but when I was younger and noted other celebrities on my birthday, Alicia was still not a around. kid. Yeah. And so her birthday wasn't, uh, she wasn't a star yet. So Bruce was skinny dipping off the Jersey Shore. Yeah. So, you know, I, I couldn't include him. I don't even know when his birthday I was. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And there you go. That's what I have in music news. <laughs> All right, oh. we're going we're gonna to take a break. That was me, almost me and Casey with the na- no said dough. Uh, tattoos Day. Last chance to text in because we have a tattoo to give away from Floating World. Uh, tattoo and piercing on South Street. You can check them on Instagram at Floating World Tattoo. Um, but uh, we want to make sure you have a chance to win a Preston Steve tattoo, so text the word tattoo to 39333. We're going to take a break. Come back in a second. Get ready to wrap it up. Make sure you stay with us. WMMR. We're not just in your car anymore. Ask Alexa to open MMR, and we'll come streaming right into your house. And we promise, we're not listening to you doing stuff that often. Uh, Tuesday morning. Where the hell's that wintry mix they've been talking about? It was supposed to, actually. It was supposed to be overnight. Now they pushed it back, right, Kathy? Yeah, they keep pushing it. So now they're saying, like, closer to noon. Mm. Okay. Mm. Uh, And it's really, they're, they're not... Saying it's going to be a lot. You keep pushing it like that, uh, like the sheriff in yeah. uh, in Rambo. <laughs> you have to push it, that sheriff. I just want to pass through town. <laughs> so push him over the edge. Just, uh, just a wintry mix trying to get through town. <laughs> you keep pushing me. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. So they were calling for like some sleet. Uh, maybe a little bit of snow, definitely turning to rain, and it was supposed to have happened already. So, all right, noonish. I see some rain out there. You do? Yeah. A little bit. Okay. You have those eyes, man. You have that thousand-yard stare. It's like a numb. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wintry mixes all the time. Yeah, yeah. It must have been terrible. Uh, so, round two. chapter in the Rambo story. Yeah. <laughs> Trinkenstein, I'm coming for you. He's a laboratory where he makes his transformation all the time. Time. I can't believe that we've listened to this enough times where we know some of the words to it. And it does affect different every time. Time. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, oh, you stopped. I already did. Yeah, you don't want to give away the whole story. All the time. <laughs> Yeah, you got to watch <laughs> Rhinestone for yourself. Yeah. Can't yeah. give the whole movie away. Right out loud. Come on. Budweiser. Uh, that's when he was purposely, he was, uh, yeah, he was, eventually he becomes a great country singer at the end. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The only thing I remember about that movie is he's trying to pander to the crowd. He's like, yes. hey, where are all the pretty ladies out there? And he's getting nothing in yeah. return. And he, and he goes, goes, where are the horny ladies? Where are the <laughs> ugly ladies? Yeah. The ugly ladies? Yeah. He's saying, like, where are the you know, beat-up ugly ladies at? Really? Yes. Oh, my God. What a Listen, joke. my memory is not, um, it's not all that great, so maybe I was wrong. But uh, I don't know. That's my memory. I tried to <laughs> shut that out of my it memory. It broke one of the cardinal rules of a comedy, um, which is uh, uh, being not funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you yeah, can't. Yeah. You have to be funny. <laughs> Steve, if you're make a comedy. who was the director? Oh wow! You know it, Rhinestone. He knows it. Well, it's it's a well-known director for uh, a different movie. 
It's not Albertson, right? No, it's Bob Clark who directed A Christmas oh, Story and Porky's. Wow. He did Porky's? Yes. Yeah. I mean, oh my the God. same guy who did Porky's did A Christmas Story. Wow. And he's just a great director. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You're good. You remember when Ralphie puts his penis in the hole? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And the That's woman it. on the other side grabs it. Right. And, okay, I forgot yeah, about that. that. It, it makes was sense. soap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bob Clark, okay. Uh, Thank you uh, to Dr. Kenneth Lacavara, who is now the Dean of Paleontology of the Just Saying Institute. He's also a professor at Rowan University. The official paleontologist of the President's T-shirt. That is correct. He was great. Uh, I love talking about it. We just throw questions at him. We are so stupid when it comes to this, but we are fascinated, and we hope that's the charm, is that we are perpetually fascinated by this. And he has all the answers, so that was cool to have him on this morning, which is great. Um, all right, we need to do the letter of the day, and I think Casey's going to handle that, right, Case? Yeah. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the daily letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter P, as in Peppa Pig. All right, mm. and we now have two letters. We need five to make a word, and we are going to give away stateside vodka, an entire case of award-winning vodka, along with four custom stateside rocks glasses. Stateside products are available at your local liquor store and now shipping nationwide. Uh, so you can send to all your friends and your family out of town as well. Visit statesidevodka.com for details. You must be 21 or older to enter and win. Um, oh, it's Tattoo Tuesday. We got to oh. give that away. How about that? We've had people text in all morning long. We'll grab a random texter to win a Preston and Steve themed tattoo, and it goes to Danielle Bear. Yeah. Of Churchville, Pennsylvania. Churchville. Yeah, she gets the $350 gift certificate for floating world tattoo and piercing. And if you want to check out their handiwork, you can certainly do that. They are on Instagram at Floating World Tattoos. Or you can check out their website at floatingworldtattoos.com. Or you can just swing by the shop. And it is located at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. Um, so, congratulations. All right, uh, let me thank our sponsors. President Steve Show has been brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. Tomorrow on our program, uh, it's Wednesday. We'll go live on Fox Good Day. Uh, we have a good friend, uh, comedian Gary Goldman. is great. great. And he is going to be joining us tomorrow. And we'll also talk to actor Michael Chiklis as well. He's got a new show called The Coyote. Yes. We will spend some time with both those guys tomorrow. That is it. We are done Rage on. Have a great day. We'll see you later. Pierre is in next. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Hello, this is Todd from Douglas L. Gibson Enterprises Incorporated. Are you looking for a great way to enhance your deck or patio with shades from a retractable awning or screen system? D.L. Gibson is your family-owned and operated Sunsetter and New Image retractable awning authorized dealer. Check us out online at dlgibson.com to set up your free awning consultation today. Mention this ad and receive an extra $200 off your purchase of any awning. Next message. Good morning. This is Andrew, the owner and head technician at On Demand Oil Change. We're bringing a more convenient oil change experience to Delaware by bringing our shop to your driveway. Find us on Facebook at On Demand Oil Change LLC or call me personally at 302-498-3851. Mention Preston and Steve and receive $5 off your first oil change. 
the Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less.